0: when i was making my debut as an artist i felt that it was very important that i tried to combine the background of my own culture my people and the country into the contemporary art world so that's how i came up with the term super flat takashi Murakami. ladies gentlemen and variations thereupon this is modern escapism Hello, my name is Oodles, the host with the most haunted by the ghost that is a hangover. Today, I am joined by Biggie, a man that always puts out on the first date. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) His podcast editing debut sent shockwaves around the internet so massive he had to apologise for being so good. It's Gadget.
1: I mean, I have to apologise for being involved in the shit show every week.
0: (laughs) He was once described by the Yorkshire Evening Post as the most explosive wrestling debut athlete since Chris Jericho. Then he woke up. It's Stig. Hello. And last, but by no means least, please welcome her debut as an official full-time cast member of Modern Escapism, finally doing something with her life that her family can be proud of. <laughs> it's Candy Machine.
2: All right, babbers.
0: All right, me lover. It only just clicked, actually, before you
3: said that. I was like, oh, this is Candy's actual debut. Like, it, it works, doesn't it? For full time, yeah. So it works really well.
0: It works. This week's been a very busy week for us all. Uh, we have launched our Patreon to mild success with an ext- extensive, should I say, Twitter campaign, social media push. It's been brilliant. Do you want to explain to us, to, to the listeners, what's actually been happening, Stig? Uh,
3: yeah sure so as you said that this week we've um, launched our patreon uh, so thank you everyone who signed up for that um, oh, yes various bundles on there as you can uh, see on the website and we also launched our first episode of do dragons dream of scotch sheep Absolutely. And, we've, and we've had some some good uh, feedback from that already so it's we're really, really really happy that people are listening to that and enjoying it already. Um, more to come. Hey, some, this
1: some, someone said it was better than Critical Role. They also admit they hadn't heard Critical Role. I'm going to take the first bit of it. I'm going to put yeah, that
3: on the poster. Absolutely. Yes, I'm going to take that. Just a, it's better than Critical Role. <laughs> dot dot dot. Just forget the rest of the quote. Yeah, it's weird. Exactly, it's yeah.
0: weird because I can I can listen to Scotch Scotch Sheep easier than I can listen to this main show because it's so just it just does chatting. With Scorch Sheep, it's more of a, an adventure, obviously, and we're acting and stuff. It's just, for, for, for me, listening to myself, it's a lot easier to, to listen. So I enjoy it.
1: You're also on Dragon Soup and you don't remember recording it. No. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so it's, it, it's all it is, good. It, it is weird, actually, Like listening back. I really enjoy it. Even though it, yeah. it, we did it and I was there, I already know what happened. It was really enjoyable listening back to it and yeah. hearing it again. Yeah, same. So.
0: Excellent. So yeah, um, I'm very, I'm very proud of Gadgets Edit because that it's not just just a peek behind the curtains for everyone. It's it's not just editing like a normal show with that. He's editing upwards to ne- nearly a five hour podcast of yep. us idiots not knowing how to do it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And he's he's ah, it's just an absolute. I, I love it, man. I love the production. I love the background music. I love everything about it. You, if you if you're not even into Dungeons and Dragons. You're doing yourself a disservice not to just listen to that first episode because you'll understand it because we're all virgins to it. So do you know what I mean? Join in. Yes. It's incredible. I love it. I love it. And I am blowing our own trumpets.
4: Well, I'm just looking forward to developing as well as a player because obviously it's early doors for most of us. We'll just get into the swing of how it all works and start to develop as a player. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to where Gadget takes us on that really.
0: Oh, yeah. some dark places by the looks I'm of sure.
1: it. <laughs> oh, I have ideas. I, I don't like his, his Twitter posts. It. Yeah, yeah,
4: I don't like his Twitter posts because he's like, "Ah, oh, that's a great idea. What can I throw at these guys?" Like, yeah, terrifying. Right. <laughs> he
2: did just make a very sinister face then as well. <laughs>
0: yeah. It frightens me.
1: No, no that's, just, that's just just my face.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so yes, let's start as we mean to go on with Biggie. What have you been up to this week? Bye.
4: Um, There's a a few things I want to mention, but they're really quick as well. Um, Okay. I finished two games this week. No way. Which blew my mind. Um, Gris was absolutely fantastic. Incredible, innit? I've been playing that with my daughter mainly. But um, I finished it, uh, what was it, last night?
0: Was it last night? It was
4: last night. And uh, yeah, loved it. Just. Incredible. Um, I could go on and on and on about it, but just the soundtrack, the visuals, um, the game mechanics, simple platforming, but done so well. Um, Just really genius little puzzles. Uh, But the emotion got me. Um, Like Stiggy and Gadget and everybody else, uh, I think as well, have been singing its praises before. Uh, Soundtrack is just amazing. Really um, gets you going. Um, Yeah, just I employ you to play it. If you haven't, you must.
0: I, must, I wouldn't right. have touched it if it wasn't for word of mouth from Stig. Yes. At all. But, yeah, it's, it, it goes beyond just – it's not just art, is it? There's, there's a, just yeah. pure emotion there, and it's – oh yeah, I love it. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I think um, everyone oh, can take sorry. something
2: di- – sorry. I think everyone can take something different from the story as well, the way yeah, you sort of read exactly. into it. It can, it can relate to everyone, can't it, on different levels? Mm.
4: Yeah, I saw, I saw somebody mention that they thought it represented fear. Mm. Um, I could see that. I thought it was it seemed to aim more about depression, and anxiety to me. But I got um, loneliness say, from it. Yeah, it, it's interesting that people pick up on it differently, which I haven't really thought about. I just took my own impression, and thought that's what they were aiming for. So, yeah, no, absolutely, bang on there. Uh, second one I finished was uh, what remains of Eda Finch.
1: Oh, terrific! To- <sighs> Another banger. I was,
4: I was just you know about three quarters of the way through. You guys mentioned it a couple of times on the pod, and I was like, yeah, I must finish that. So it was really. Um, really nice to just get that out of the way as well. Again, really
0: nice, really <laughs> sad story
4: as well. You know, it's uh, needs something to play up something. Bit sweet that one, isn't it? Yeah, I need to play something like The Last of Us Part Two or something just to cheer up. But um, yeah, they've just uh, yeah, really, really great games.
0: Really excellent, excellent. Yeah. Maybe you should play a Lego game next week. <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, they're too depressing. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
4: But yeah, the, the main thing I wanted to talk about, though, um, was the release of the technically their second album, which I've um, barked on about these guys a couple of times before on the pod, and it's Children of Zeus. You're
0: sponsored uh, by these guys, aren't you?
4: No, I generally, <laughs> I just like supporting them. Um, yeah. I discovered them um, via uh, the Hip Hop Save My Life podcast. Yeah. Ramesh, Nathan, yeah, Love it. Love it. Uh, Rodney P came on one week um, and he was talking um, about you know his life and stuff and Ramesh said who would you recommend to listen to and he just mentioned them out of all the things he could have mentioned so I thought well I better check them out and it was uh, fantastic. Really glad I did I've um, been to see them live twice uh, their latest album came out on Friday uh, they're from Manchester they've actually been in the business separately for over 20 years they happen to have a random meeting um, realized that they are very similar in taste and background and stuff like that. And um, yeah, they've just released two incredible albums plus an EP of stuff that they did while they were building up to their first album. Um, It's just the best way I thought somebody described it was as soul food. Um, Mm. The music encompasses hip hop, neo soul, gospel and R and B just really great. Tyler daily. He's got the soulful voice. Uh, Connie's the main rapper, although Tyler does rap as well but they just combine really well um just fantastic musically um every album links together and this one's called Balance and it feels like it is a balance it feels like this journey through their career so far it feels like they've just got to this point um which is almost like a perfect balance of what they do where their influences are and i just ask anybody that's got any inclination of interest to check them out
0: cool excellent yeah i i yeah, I'll y- check you've, them out. yeah you've gone on about them for a while now so Yeah, I think it's about time I should uh, check it out. Absolutely, it's difficult
4: because I I know you guys aren't technically really into that music as such. But um, for me, yeah, it's one of those things. It's like I don't know who your favorite bands are. That it's corny to say it, but kind of like speak to you. And when I heard these guys, it was like it was something about them. Instant click. Yeah, I just connected with them, and I was like, yeah, I I know who these guys are.
1: What What's the song you would recommend listening to off the album to get into it?
4: The, the main song that they just released, um, No More Love Songs, um, it's really cool.
5: Skeletons in every closet, yeah.
3: uh, and elephants in every room. No no
4: just kind of encompasses again um, their sort of soul um, that comes out Then there's, there's a little um, rap in about the second verse but it just gives you an idea of what their music is like. Um, yeah, just amazing. That, that's what I would recommend but I think all the songs are good. And in fact, there's not a single track on this current album that would make you want to skip. It's that
0: good. They're rare, those albums that have just Every, everyone's a banner. Yep, absolutely. Cool, cool. Thank you very much for that. Stig, what have you been doing?
3: Uh, I bought, played and finished Resi 8. Finally. Hey. Did that, in <laughs> it? Oh, you know, so I had other games to finish first, so I mm. smashed you that this week. Um, that's really good, isn't it? Yeah, we were right. <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> <bad>. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, for a game that um, seemed to be solely uh, marketed on big tall lady vampire... It has a lot more to it and a lot yeah. more in it, which was um quite surprising. Um but yeah. yeah you enjoy I, the dollhouse. <laughs> yeah, the dollhouse was yeah.
5: the worst <laughs> part about
3: it, but not in a shit way No, It scared the crap out of me way. <laughs> <laughs> the rest
0: of the game I didn't really find that scary, but there's that, that one section is just I was just like for fuck's sake. This I is wouldn't just... say it's a horror game. Like like me and Gadget were saying last time, it's it's a gothic fantasy game. Yeah, it's... it mixes yeah. so many
3: different genres up, doesn't it? Like that, it just it's completely. It's Van Helsing, basically. Yeah, there's so much <laughs> stuff going on in different areas of the game. But yeah, it was really good. Um, I watched the new Spiral film from the Book of Saw.
0: Oh, Ooh, don't bother. No, (laughs) that's all I can say. I've still not seen any of the Saw films. We've had this discussion before, I think, on the show. The quality of
4: them has been on a downward spiral anyway.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Basically, um, it feels like somebody's tried to make a Seven clone for the modern era, probably realised that this won't sell to the masses. What can we do to draw people in? I know, we'll tack Saw onto it. Ah,
0: right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay.
3: Yeah, it wasn't very good. Chris Rock was alright in it, actually. Quite enjoyed him in the lead, but um Was he being serious then, not funny? He's, there's a few jokes in there, but for the majority of it he's been serious, yeah. So wow. yeah, that was he was alright in it, but the rest was pretty poor. Um <clears throat> I'm just speeding through these until we get to my main one really. Fine. I actually found out this today. This is really weird because um I thought for no particular reason at all, I want to listen to some Rise Against. Put them on Spotify. Oh. Put them on Spotify. Turns out they had a new album out two days ago. Nice I like, timing. <laughs> I was like, that's very good timing. I'm really, you know. So, uh, co- Maybe it's like subliminal so? marketing like yeah you don't know about it
1: <laughs> in- incepting ideas of hey i haven't listened to this band well hey look there's a new album yeah you know, algorithms just- <laughs> got into your brain
3: <laughs> yeah it must have done because it wasn't like there was anything there going oh listen to rise against a new album or anything like that which just like i <sighs> don't start francis and rise against yeah um so it's come out uh yeah fourth june it's called nowhere generation um it if you're into rise against uh Specifically, the last three or four albums, it very much sounds like that rather than their earlier stuff, which is a bit more punky. But um, it's just typical Rise Against. Really, still very, plenty of shouting, yeah. Very political and yeah. socially mo- like charged lyrics yeah. and songs. Um, so there's a lot of good messages in there, and it was it was actually it just it's quite a really good. Al- it's it's a really good album. And mm. like I said, it sounds very much like the last three albums. So if you enjoyed them, you'll enjoy this. Um, I only I've only listened to it once, so there's nothing in there yet that I can pick out that I can say that's a banger or anything yeah. like that. Um, but I just stuck that on today and enjoyed that. And uh, the, the main thing I want to talk about this week, which I know Candy is also going to talk about, is Cruella. Mm. So we've
0: both watched that. Um, All right, you 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 give me our thoughts, then we'll move over to Candy, and we'll see if there's any opposing opinions.
3: Um, so as a film. It's one that didn't really need to be made. Do you know what I mean? Um, it, I, she, to me, she's one of like history's most o- o- iconic villains. Like I, I class her up there as an iconic villain for me. Like she, she everyone knows who Quella de Villa is, and what she wanted to do was pretty heinous: kill a lot of dogs and make a fur coat out of them. It's <laughs> not really a nice thing to do, is it? Like so, not really. She's. It, do you need a film which kind of? Gives her a redemption arc and makes and paints her in a good light. No, having said that, it was a lot of fun. It's a re- I really, I really enjoyed did that it. recently, though,
0: were Maleficent and stuff, didn't they? Yeah, but they were shit. Oh, are they? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Many others would disagree with you, Stig. Oh,
2: the first one was okay. I've
0: never seen them, but I Our know father. it's like trying to turn a baddie into a goodie type of thing.
4: Who plays Cr- Cruella? Emma Stone. Oh, okay.
0: So, um,
3: yeah, I, no, I didn't like Maleficent films at all. In, in all honesty, I, I thought they were terrible. But uh, but this, I really enjoyed it. Um, it gets a little bit sub so opera-esque towards the end, but there's still a lot of laugh out loud moments in it. Um, I enjoyed the hijinks and the high stuff they have littered throughout. Uh, Emma Stone and Emma Thompson are having an absolute blast. You can tell. Like, oh, Emma Thompson's in it. Nice. Yeah, so Emma Thompson is like the, she's the bad guy. She plays this um, egocentric. What what are they called? A
0: fashion icon. Also, oh, it's the devil's worst the devil wears Prada. Then, yeah.
2: Essentially, mm-hmm. that's exactly what. Very, it is. Yeah, <laughs> very
3: similar, but with Cruella. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> okay. uh But
3: yeah, they they they're both absolutely hamming it up like beautifully. It's it, they're so good, and sometimes also, that's
0: enjoyable to watch, though, isn't it? Children's yeah, yeah. Scenery.
3: And I, I quite liked um, Horace and Jasper as well had a bit more about them rather than just being stupid henchmen. They actually there's actually a bond between the three of them. There's a story, I didn't even though they had names in the cartoon. Yeah, the, because she's always shouting at them.
0: Oh, mate, I saw it about thirty years ago. <laughs> Do you know what I mean?
3: <laughs> but yeah, uh, so and, and the dogs. They have a few dogs in their crew, which are absolutely brilliant. Especially the little. I think it's a chihuahua. Is it a
2: chihuahua? Wink.
3: A wink, yeah. I don't know what I can't remember what dog it is, but he's like great. But, like, yeah, just the costumes, the aesthetics, sex design, everything like that is like proper fantastic. And I don't really know if this is going to lead into essentially 101 Dalmatians or it's kind of going to be a different timeline, mm. like a different, you Not know I mean, like a different kind of story. 101 Dalmatians, with. Earth 2. No, you know, like they've taken Cruella, but they've done a different story with her rather than her going from what we see in this film to what we know. Yeah, she becomes later in life because uh, Anita and Roger don't really work in this film like they do in the in the Hundred and One Dalmatians. This is all set, set up differently, so uh, it's too long. Could have had it's about 20, too long. Could have had about twenty minutes taken out of it, but I really enjoyed it.
0: Perfectly fun film. Excellent, excellent. So we'll move on to Candy. Um, I'm sure you want to put a little bit of your spin on that, Cruella.
2: Yeah. Uh, did you just call me Cruella?
1: No, the <laughs> film Cruella.
2: <laughs> 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 it
1: sound like you were calling a Cruella? No.
2: bill attacked. No. No. Um, yeah, Stig said, so. I mean, I think the sort of, the one let down really was just the story. It was almost as if somebody at Disney put a bunch of writers in a room and sort of said, we're making this anyway. So write a story. And um, they did <laughs> yeah, the sort of fairly yeah. tired trope now of trying to make you sympathize with the with the baddies, which I'm not sure. I think sometimes I know kids need to be taught about maybe seeing both sides of the story. But you also need to learn that some people are just assholes as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that said, I actually I did really enjoy it. It's, it sounds like it's a negative review, but I, I really, really enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed seeing it at the cinema. Um, visually, it's absolutely stunning. It sort of reminded me of um, almost like a Ryan Murphy directed film in some uh, oh, In some ways, like the use of color, and the, there was one scene in particular. there was a back and forth between um, Cruella and the Baroness, and uh, they had sort of red behind the Baroness and green behind the Cruella. I thought that was quite an interesting. The costumes were just absolutely stunning, and they—they yeah. must—they're surely going to win an award for some of the just the fashion. in It was great. The soundtrack was amazing too. There was—it was. I don't know if you noticed, but it's actually set in the seventies rather than. I think the original—the original one was set in the thirties or forties.
0: Yeah, after World War after World War One, before World War Two, or something like that, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, so this is in the 70s, and it's got all the 70s bangers in there. Actually, to a point, it felt like they um, it was almost like a music video. It just went from one banger to the next.
0: Oh, like Suicide Squad?
2: A little bit, yeah. (laughs) But good. (laughs) Um, They they were great character actors as well. The whole cast, they were absolutely brilliant. I can't think of one week performance in that. Cool, Um, cool. Yeah, but the one let down was, this, was the story. They made it sort of a, a problem child and sort of led you to believe certain things that ended up, you know, going a slightly different way. At one point, I thought they, they'd actually dared to go really dark with the story. There was, there was sort of one scene and uh, they, they managed to sort of wuss out of it as only Disney would, you know, they <laughs> can't have horrible things happening. <laughs> um, again, like Stig said, I think it could have been 30 minutes shorter. It came to a sort of natural crescendo and then it just sort of carried on afterwards.
3: Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I thought that the the reveal was a bit shit. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean about soap, soap opera-esque. It was a bit like, that wasn't needed. Mm. Um, okay. I mean, to be fair,
1: is, is, was the film needed in general? I mean, Cruella yeah. de Vil, either in the cartoon or the live-action remake with Glenn Close, she's not a complicated character. She's just an arsehole. Yeah, it's just yeah. Evil. yeah. she's just <laughs> evil.
3: Yeah. yeah. No, like I said, it's not needed. It's just that yeah. it's like, what can we what property what character can we do a spin off of and make it work and like like candy said just due to the actual the way it looks and the the way everyone's acting and stuff it it kind of it makes
0: it work as a film
3: yeah even yeah. if it's
0: not really needed well excellent uh, any anything else you've done this week then candy
2: i started playing mass effect
0: for the first time um, oh. for the first
2: time so i wow. no, yeah i've got no nostalgia for the original so Getting into, it. I haven't got particularly far, and I'll cover it on a on a later episode. Don't feel
0: modern, does it?
2: No, no, <laughs> it does not. Um, yeah, so far it hasn't really grabbed me, but so many people rate it so highly, I'm just going to stick with it. Um,
0: it the, feels, the story, it feels a little the first one, I got stuck
2: in a few lots, but I'm quite used to that. So
0: it, it kicks into gear. Don't worry. Yeah,
2: yeah. I think I'll yeah I'll probably be carrying on with that this week, and next week I'll have something a bit more substantial to talk about. That
0: excellent, excellent.
2: Anything else? No, nope, that's it
0: for me. Brilliant. So, gadget, you've been doing, hon?
1: A uh, couple of quick things because uh, it's it, it's not been the the most eventful of weeks. Um, last night, Pip and I watched uh, Mitchell's versus the Machines.
0: Oh yeah, so yeah,
1: good. yeah! Fucking brilliant film. So Shit. good, isn't it? It's so still on good. my mind on the,
0: to watch list, and I still haven't got. How go, How
3: good is? I'm, I will not spoil it because it's so good. But how good is the the thing in the mall?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely! With, yeah. Fucking brilliant. Every yeah. every single second of that's amazing. Yeah. Um It's it, and it's it's one of those few times where I think product placement works.
5: Yes. Yeah. Oh. <laughs>
1: um, but yeah, absolutely, absolutely fantastic! Um, banging soundtrack, really good performances. It's a rare film with Danny McBride in that I liked, and I liked <laughs> yeah. Danny McBride in it
3: Ooh. because I
1: find him as one of those actors that every time I see he's in something, I like it less. Case in point, (laughs) Alien Covenant.
3: (laughs) Is it because you couldn't see
1: him? Possibly. Um, But yeah, no, I I really enjoyed it. I really really enjoyed the little, I like kind of the, I kind of want to call it like animation ticks that they put in for like, um, like representing people's emotions or representing um, characters, actions and and stuff like that, Uh, where, you know, you get these little bits of like hand drawn exclamations of things. Um I really like the art style of it as well because it's a mix of kind of very chunky looking 3D like almost like almost like the Fortnite art style mm. but then it's got these little kind of flourishes of hand drawn stuff within it as well and oh, it's just a really beautifully made film. Um there's bits in, the bits involving the machines is just pure Tron. It's fucking brilliant. Ooh. Um there's two two side character robots that um I won't <laughs> spoil what what their job is in the story but they're absolutely amazing. The pug might actually be better than the chicken in Moana. Oh, I told you! I told you! it was you
3: say that, didn't you? You did, <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Um,
1: I didn't that. Yeah, that's I who he wants to, to know. know. <laughs> yeah, and, and 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 this one's just a very specific thing that I noticed, and I, I'm I'm going to say this about four 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 of our listeners will understand what I'm saying here, but the um the so the dad and the son in it um really really give me vibes of um Darryl and Payden from Dungeons and Daddies which are two of the characters and that um if you if you've listened to Dungeons and Daddies and you watch it you'll know what I mean but um nice yeah it's really really worth your time it's like it's the only thing the only downside I think it's maybe about 15 minutes too long like I think it, it could be just ha- a little it keeps bit happening tighter that
0: though with films doesn't it it keeps happening yeah
1: um oh you didn't mention this before before Stick as well and um Olivia Coleman plays the baddie Really? What's Olivia Colman doing turning up in this film? The Oscar-winning Olivia wow. Colman in no. the particular role that she's in?
3: <laughs> did I not mention that? I thought I said, mentioned no, she you... was in it, but... Uh, oh, well. Yeah,
1: no, you didn't mention she was playing the baddie. Trust me, really well. edited
0: you for hours, he knows. You
3: know, I-, <laughs> <laughs> I listened to a spoiler special on it this week, and the director was saying, you know the bit where they go just halfway through, they're on that? Um, they go on the trail, and there's, I think they go on like a donkey trail or something and this, oh, yeah, yeah yeah, and the bit with the river and he was just like oh yeah like they wanted to get rid of that because apparently it cost as much as a, of about 15 minutes worth of other film like because it just cost them so much <laughs> just for that one gag and you're just like no i'm not losing that gag <laughs> it's like wow. it's, it, it's I mean, a great it gag. A really good gag yeah, it's a very yeah. good gag yeah
1: absolutely worth it um Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. watch that it's on Netflix and yeah, it's absolutely worth a couple of hours of your life. Mm. Um the the but the other thing I will talk about, and I'm not I don't I don't have much to talk about in detail about it, is I started playing Octopath Traveler this week. Oh,
0: my condolences.
1: Yeah, I'm enjoying it.
0: <laughs> I don't like it.
1: I know you don't you don't <laughs> like it because it's not Dragon Quest though.
3: <laughs> <laughs> if it was called Dragon Quest, hyphen Octopath travel octopath traveler, quest
1: Traveller. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you'd be into it uh yeah, so Oxpath traveler it's a jrpg kind of in the ironically enough dragon quest slash final fantasy style mm. um it's what makes it kind of a bit unique is that it's got this really beautiful art style where uh, all the background is uh, generated in kind of this pixelated yet but 3d very um intricate detail environments and the characters that you play are 2d sprites that sit on top and there's lots of like really fancy graphical stuff going on with it, and it's just really pretty to look at. It is. And I'm playing it on the Xbox as well, so it's in 4K, and it's all lovely, lovely, lovely. Um, the general run of it is you start off the game, there are eight separate characters who have no involvement with each other's lives. Um, you can pick whichever one of them you want to start with, um, and each of them has this kind of little chapter in whatever area that you find them, where they kind of have a little bit of a contextual story. Um. Once you've rounded up all eight of them, then I think the story kicks off proper. I think it's like a 50, 60 hour game. I'm only about eight hours into it, but uh, and I've got six of the four. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, sorry, six, six of the eight uh, characters so far. Um. Yeah, I, I really like it. It's a really pretty game. It's got a beautiful soundtrack. Um. It's got a really interesting turn-based battle system where, unlike Final Fantasy or Dragon Quest or something, where you take your turn they take their turn and you kind of knock them back and forth against each other. Um enemies have um a certain amount of like guard points or like kind of shield points. Yeah. And if you can work out the weaknesses and that and break through their shields, you can knock them out of commission for two or three turns. So everything becomes a bit tactical cuz usually like, you know, you'll have one enemy that's weak against fire in a fight, then maybe one that's not weak against uh, that's weak against like lightning or certain weapons. And you have to kind of balance out like, okay, which one is the most dangerous one, which one's about to do an attack that I can knock out. Um, it, it, it adds an extra layer of tactical play to what can become very stale with an active-time active, t- active time battle system. Because um, I remember, uh, Big you'll know this as well, like playing Final Fantasy VII, it gets to a point where you're literally just sparring back and forth for damage. Yep. and And of attrition constantly, at some
0: points, isn't it? Yeah, yeah,
1: or constantly relying on the same spells or the same attacks because you're min-maxing and those are the ones that will just do the most damage at any given time. Yeah, yeah. Um. Whereas, like, yeah. Whereas with this, like, when you knock their shield off, like, any attack that you put at them can become viable. So then you know you can hypercharge a a certain attack and like do huge damage to them. Or you know they the uh, the boss character will be charging up some really fucking brutal attack that will like wipe out most of your team. And if you can just get those three hits on them to knock his shield off. You can save yourself from that. It's really, really interesting a lot more tactical depth to it. So it's
0: based on the uh, saga series as well. That that it's, it's more of a, it's it's more in depth than saga, but yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's that kind of it's that kind of turn based battle. But it, I like the battling in it. It was just the overall story and I.
1: I, just, I mean the thing is, some of the writing isn't great, and some of the, some of the writing suffers from the translation from yeah, Japanese yeah, to idiosyncratic you Western. You can tell, uh, especially Hannet's, um dialogue, because the tribe that she's from they have this rather overwrought and kind of over embellished form of English that they speak. Yeah, <laughs> um, but my, my, I mean, my my favorite one, one of the characters, Cyrus. Uh, he's a he's a he's, he's a scholar, by far the so best. He's a, he is by far the best, but there is this absolutely boneheaded bit of writing with him. <laughs> so when you when you I'm going to spoil this. When you meet him, he's a he's a lecturer at, a, at an academy, and he's teaching this um, the 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 kind of the local crown's princess and a, and her friend, and just teaching about general history of the world. And the the princess's friend, the other girl that he's teaching, obviously has a crush on him. Yeah, and she try she tries to when he's giving more attention to the princess because the princess is asking him questions she gets jealous so she goes to the head of the school and says oh i think the professor's hyrus is having a rather inappropriate relationship with the princess and so it's a whole hoity-toity thing um and eventually it gets him kind of kicked out of the school um and as he's leaving she confronts him and apologizes for it because she just wanted more attention from him <laughs> and he's okay with it he is that's what's fucking weird yeah. in, in, the dial, in the dialogue don't says, worry so hon I'm, I'm so sorry I'm so sorry he yeah, says, says oh don't worry it just means that you're a curious one and I should have yeah. been paying more attention to you he's like no this is some fucking bullshit <laughs> yeah yeah it's
0: like,
1: what on what level of idiot is Cyrus he's the
0: the thing is I, I played as Cyrus he was my main character so I was fuming all the way through that game <laughs> I lost my job.
1: <laughs> yeah. But um yeah, it's I mean it's on it's on Game Pass. If you've got an Xbox or a PC, give it a try. You know, if you've got any kind of if you've ever had any inclination towards a Final Fantasy game or a Dragon Quest game, I I enjoy it. I really like it. And I really like the kind of the slight twist on the combat system, which gives you a bit more function. Um Yeah,
0: yeah there is a bit more to it.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. some of the writing is dodgy, but I mean, what, what JRPGs had a perfect translation, you know? Dragon Quest XI. <laughs> Final yeah, Fantasy yeah. VII. <laughs> no, it's not. Final Fantasy didn't have a perfect translation. One of the worst. <laughs> there were documentaries made about, it, about its translations. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, give it a try. I'm Octopath Traveller, it's really good. I really like it.
0: Excellent. Thank you very much, good sir. I have been to the pub. I don't know if you can tell my, the timbre of my voice.
1: I think I at am, this point it's probably easier to say when you haven't been to the pub. I've been to the pub. Um, and
4: also you covered it at the beginning of the pub.
0: Have we got like
3: recently past two weeks without one of us being pissed? No. no. It's like I a don't.
2: drunken baton, isn't it? We have to pass it around every <laughs> <time.
0: Yeah. laughs> So Well yeah, actually it's actually only passed to between to those week. two. I'm going out again next week, so. Hmm. But yeah. Uh, I got very drunk. Uh, I'm not going to regale you with my tale. I might discuss it later, if you know what I mean. Um, Patreon supporters. There you go. There you go. (laughs) A little bit of juice for you there. Um, I, (laughs) I've been, I'm about halfway through reviewing a game. Um, Disclaimer, I was sent a review code of this. Uh, It's called King of Seas. Um. Basically, does anyone remember Sid Meier's Pirates?
1: Yes, excellent game. In fact, I actually have it in my Steam library. Yes,
0: an absolutely incredible game, a classic. It's been updated quite a few times as well, hasn't it? It's been yes. like remastered, remade type thing. This is that. Uh, so, excellent. Yeah. Uh, so, I'm Ben, ba- yeah. immediately. <laughs> <laughs> so imagine Sid Meier's Pirates, but a bit more story focused, a bit more um, narrative heavy. I mean, Sid, Sid Meier's Pirates wasn't exactly barren of storage, you know what i mean depends which mode you play and stuff like that um but yeah it, I, i'm like i said i'm only about I'm a, i'd say about 15 hours in due to being at the pub so i can't fully <laughs> being unable to lift a
4: controller <laughs> yeah
0: yeah I, I got it on the xbox so it, it looks pretty um one issue i have i've 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 come up against at the moment is and i get why I get, I get why it's a stylistic decision from the developers. Um, uh, it's a locked camera perspective, so you can zoom it in and out, but you can't move the camera around.
1: So you can basically see what you can see around the ship.
0: Yeah, basically, yeah. Um, so I think they do that so you, you kind of get to know the seas rather than having to rely on your map like an old-fashioned pirate would, wouldn't it? They, they, they get used to surroundings. That's that island, I know.
1: Well, I don't know. well no, no, old-fashioned old sailors definitely had that ability to zoom out from their ship and have a look over the entire <laughs> ocean and then go, plant a, plant a marker in an island 400 that's right. miles away and go, that's where I want to go. That's exactly what it does. <laughs> it's how the world how was that,
4: discovered first time exactly,
1: around. Exactly, yeah. It's how, it's how Christopher Columbus found the new world. <laughs> he just zoomed out from Spain and went,
2: fucking hell, look at that over there. <laughs> That's
1: a really tall crow's nest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean,
0: you get to you get to choose your character at the beginning. Um, I chose the the plucky young boy, Lukey. Um, I'll 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 give you a synopsis of, of what happens. So basically, he's a prince and uh, he gets betrayed. I'm not going to tell you how and why. So he has to turn to piracy to redeem himself, and it is a vengeance tale, fundamentally. I and mean, you've you, you basically just got to start from the bottom. And work your way up to becoming what I assume to be a pirate legend, and reclaim your birthright. Um, you've got to do trading with other islands. You've got to obviously ship combat. You can't get off the ship. You are fu- you are always the ship. Um, the characters pop up like a digital novel style. You know where they're just talking to each other. Still images. Yeah, but, yeah. But so far, it's good. I need to. I need to put a bit. I've got a feeling it's going to be longer than I anticipated. Um, there's a lot to it, but yeah, I'm really, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Um, I believe to buy it's not a very expensive game either, which is always like a twenty quid or yeah, which is always nice. If if seriously though, if you did like Sid Meier's Pirates, I can tell that's what the, the, they were aping off that. Um, you, you'll absolutely have a, a vested interest in this. So
4: I thought it was going to be along the lines of like Sea of Thieves or something. Nothing like out.
0: it at all. No, th- I don't think there's any multiplayer in it at all. Um, I've. A, like I say, I'm just blasting through the story, but yeah, I really enjoy it. Um you like you you, you learn more from it. I'm gonna re- review it officially in writing. Um and that'll be available on my Twitter at some point. But yeah, that's all I've been a to- Path, like I said, path from being in the pub, oh my word. Oh it were red hot. Ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> but yeah, uh, let's move straight on. Biggie What are we talking about this week?
4: This week. We're going to be discussing the best debuts. And speaking of which, it's Joe's, isn't it?
2: Yeah, Welcome to Joe on the podcast. everyone! <laughs>
4: <laughs> so we'll be talking about who in the world of cinema, TV, music, writing, games, etc. Everything that we talk about um, came out of the blocks with an absolute banger.
0: Hmm. Excellent. We're going to go around the clock that, as I see it, you guys obviously see it very different to me. Um, we're going to start with Stig. Always seems to be me. It's it? just where you are in, in, the, in the Zoom yeah. regarding.
3: Right. First off, then, I'm going to go in straight with a sports one. So, Gadget, you can kind of switch have off a, sleep. a bit if you want. Yeah. Have a little uh, five minute sleep if you want.
1: Fair enough.
3: <laughs> uh, <laughs> Noted. I'm going to talk about uh, the Egyptian king himself, Mohammed Salah. I thought you would. Um, <laughs> because he's... First season with us, uh, 2017 and 18, he broke the Premier League goal scoring record. He scored 44 goals in all competitions. Crazy that. And he was just instrumental in getting us to a Champions League final. Yeah. This isn't Salah's first go around in the Premier League. Uh, several years before, I think it was around 2012, he actually signed for Chelsea and he pretty much flopped there.
4: I don't remember him there at all. No one, yeah,
3: does. no one does. So he just, he, he just had no impact. To be, yeah, he just wasn't there. 2012-13 T- it was because I remember he played in the game where Chelsea ruined our title uh, mm. a bit. <laughs> Um But yeah, so he—it's not his debut in the Premier League, but it was his debut for Liverpool, and um, everyone wrote him off. It's a, Ch- it's a Chelsea reject. Mm. flopped in the Premier League before he'll flop again. He only did well in Italy because the Italian league's not as good. And he just came out and showed everyone how amazing he is and still does to this day, still underappreciated by so many people, even though season after season, he keeps banging them in, amazing goals. He's well up there with the um, top goal scorer nearly every season. But this first season, honestly, it was just, I, I went through and I started like, I watched clip of all of his goals and mm. I started making notes when I realized I can't just sit here and talk for all these goals because there's just too many. <laughs> yeah. Um, But he starts off by scoring a goal on his debut in the first game of the league, uh, first game of the season, he scores a goal. And then from then on, he just gets, he just keeps getting better and better scores. His first brace, uh, which is two goals for those people who don't know. <laughs> um, a West Ham away, he scores another one another two goals against Southampton the game after, one of them being a curling left foot shot from outside the keeper's area. He scores against Everton, which is always a good thing um, <laughs> so he has his back to the goal he spins a defender, leaves the Everton player on his arse and he turns the ball mm-hmm. in with three I think about three Everton players surrounding yeah. him at the same time Um He scores at this point in the season when he scores another two goals against Leicester. At this point, he's also racked up multiple goals in the Champions League group stages to help us progress through that. And he then scores a lovely goal against Man City. He lobs the keeper from halfway inside City's own half. (laughs) Uh, If you aren't into football, um, most people might know anyway, Man City are pretty much the dominant force in English football. Than they have been the last few years. So anytime we or any other club kind of gets one over on them, it is it's it's an incredible feeling. Uh mm. these are they're a team of they have a lot of money. Um so they've kind of bought their way up into the league. So anytime you beat them, it's great. He scores his first hat trick against Watford in 5-0 drubbing. He actually scores four goals that game. So not only did he get his first hat trick, but he scores four. And then he scores a goal in the Champions League quarterfinal against Man City, which pretty much seals our win into the semi finals. And every time I watch that goal, it's a beauty, he, scores, isn't it? he scores this goal and he runs off to the away fans and he just stands there with his arms out wide open like a goal. come at me bros and <laughs> the crowd is going insane it's an absolute let off it's what like you ask the Liverpool fans it's one of those moments where like it's it's just limbs everywhere it is <laughs> like we've just that means we've gone 4-1 up in the buff in the in the tie we are going to the Champions League semi-final in the semi-final he scores another two goals against Roma to take us to the final and then in the last game of the season he scores one goal against Brighton to become the best Premier League goal scorer in a single season of all time and it's just, I mean, there's so much more in there as well that I, mm. I could i have just be boring people. I can only
0: see Gadget's <laughs> eyes just glazed over. <laughs> Don't forget, he did edit the football episode we did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, just like that
3: season, he comes in and we reach a Champions League final. And yes, unfortunately, because he gets injured in that final early on, he goes off and yeah. we, we end up losing. And I, I am completely under the... Like I believe we'd have won that final if he didn't go off injured because he was having the season of his life. He was the engine for that team for that year. He was targeted in that game. I I totally agree. He was taken out on purpose. People can say, "Yeah, oh, you're just being biased because Liverpool. No, it it,
4: it was a nasty tackle.
3: Yeah, he gets dragged to the ground. His arm and shoulder get slammed into the floor. He was taken out because they knew he was having such an amazing season and he's just there. He's like, I'm going to win the Champions League. Like, I'm He's that good that season. It seemed
0: like th- that whole year he was doing it for himself as a as a, pr- a proving. Do you know what I mean? It, yeah. It, it, it mm. was good to see. Me being unbiased, because <clears throat> it weren't anything, to do. I'm not a Liverpool fan, but it was nice to see from afar. It, it, it seemed to be like he was yeah, proving it for himself.
3: Yeah. And if
4: you're going to do it at any club, <laughs> do it at Liverpool because the fans are just incredible. Yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah. He's just, uh, he's amazing. I, I, people who like go bang on about him, like, People just thought it's a one season wonder, and he's still doing it for five years. Yeah, he is. He's a legend. Yeah, I mean, this is the testament of the kind of person he is. He comes back stronger the next year. He doesn't get as many goals, but he goes on and wins the Champions League and scores in the final. Mm. So that's that. He's just but that season is just. I can't think of a better debut season in the Premier League from anyone. If I'm being honest,
4: yeah, it's a good show. He's
3: beaten record. He's and he comes back to the Premier League. And he beats the record set by the likes of Suarez, Rooney, and Shearer. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Excellent, excellent. Great, great um, sporting debut. No, no one can argue that. So yeah. um, a counter to that. Well, not even a counter. Probably nothing to do with that. It's Gadget's turn. Oh, yeah, absolutely nothing to do with
4: that. <laughs> um. I love it if you said football. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: Mohamed Salah. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, so, I want to talk about Everton. No, um, <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, you can talk about the debut of when football started because that's yeah. about the best you're going to get.
1: <laughs> oh, Ooh, shots fired. Uh, no, uh, first thing I want to talk about is um, it's a book. Oh, and I'm only saying that because everyone likes the way I say book. I do. Um, sense like of tingles. Book. <laughs> book. <laughs> um, are you aware of, of, of a young gentleman called Yahtzee Crowshaw? Nope. No. Are you aware of a video series called Zero Punctuation? Yes. Mm. Yes, well, him. Oh. <laughs> 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 he writes books. Um, and his first book was released in 2010. It's called Mogworld. World. Mog World? Um, yeah, and it's an absolute fucking banger. It's one of the funniest fantasy books I've ever read. Um, mostly because it's an absolute piss take of World of Warcraft. And <laughs> MMOs in general. Which needs it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They all take themselves far too seriously. Yeah. Um, it's it's the story of Jim. Now Jim is, I mean, I, I mean Jim's a nice guy. Mm. He's also dead. Oh, Jim. Jim's a zombie. Oh, <laughs> Jim's a zombie working for a necromancer. Now Jim didn't want to be brought back from the dead, but the necromancer is a really good boss. Gives them time off. They get hazard pay. <laughs> all that kind of thing. <laughs> and Jim's quite happy toiling away in 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 this necromancer's a uh, big black tower of death. <laughs> He's happy. It's a good it's a good death for him. Mm. Um and he gets rather upset when when a, a bunch of marauding heroes come through and fuck everything up for him. Oh dear. Um and as the kind of the story goes on, it's gradually revealed that um the 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 Jim's world is a video game. And he's an NPC and it's oh, <laughs> <fuck>. <laughs> nice. yes, and and yeah, it's it's such a, a wry take on the idea of online uh, video games. Um, it's it's a massive swipe at ev- almost every fantasy trope in in films, TV, and video games and books for the last 30, 40 years. Yeah, um, it's just really silly and it's really funny and there's like. As Jim goes through through the world, he's gradually being attacked by more and more people because you know he, he like he walks into a town and they're like, "Oh, he's a zombie!" They don't realize that he's actually a really nice guy. Oh. They just see him as a zombie, so they attack him. So by the end of it, he's practically dragging his like a third of his remaining body along the ground <laughs> to try and get from place to place. Um, and I'm not going to spoil the ending for it because the ending of it is um is actually is really funny and actually quite it makes it it puts like a bit of um existential dread and thought into your head as well. But yeah, it's like, I don't really have much to say about it because it, all I can do is just basically talk it up because it's been about eight years since I read it. Mm. It's just, but it is really good. And it's one of those books that I see on my bookshelf. And every time I see it, I kind of giggle because I just <laughs> remember little bits of it. I've
0: got books like that. Yeah.
1: And I'm kind of like reminding myself of little bits and pieces of it, of, of, of like TV tropes and stuff like that. Mm. Um, it, even just down to the way Yahti Croshaw names characters, so, for instance, the um, the necromancer that, um, that that brings Jim back is called Lord Brutus Deadgrave. <laughs> Love it. Um, there there is a cleric who becomes part of his party who is called Thaddeus. Praise his name, Godbotherer the Third. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's just it's well. fucking weird. But um, but like if you've if you've seen Zero Punctuation, you know what what yeah. Crossshaw's um style of humour is. Dry. His his approach to comedy, it dry. It is so dry. You need to have a drink on yeah. it You'll get dehydrated <laughs> reading this. Um, but yeah, it's it, it's usually cheap on Amazon. Like I, I remember I bought it for about four pound. Like a couple of years after it was published. I've just
0: put it on yeah. the list, so don't you worry.
1: <laughs> oh, it's absolutely worth. It. And in fact, all of his books are worth reading. Mm. They're all really good. So like the follow up that he had to this one was called Jam. Which is where um, a character, a character who lives in Melbourne, wakes up one. day, oh, It might be Brisbane, I forget. One of the an Australian city, and um, wakes up one day to find that there is a there is a thirty foot deep flood of killer jam covering the city. I hate it when that happens. Yeah, and like you know, you walk near the jam and it reaches up and it pulls you in and eats you.
0: While well, you can also taste it, while yes, it's eating it is, you. It,
1: it, it strawberry scented death. Oh, a <laughs> uh, oh, bad way to the, go. Yeah, and the, the the other one that I'd really recommend reading is um, uh, We'll Save the Galaxy for Food. Cool. bit of a um, Zap Brannigan-esque character who's down on his luck trying to scam his way into the big leagues again. Okay, cool. So, yeah, so as an author, he's really good, but Mog World is an absolutely fantastic read. And it's it, especially if you like fantasy, it's a really good send-up of fantasy tropes.
0: Awesome, I'm going to add that to my list.
3: Yeah, I've just
1: done do that, like excellent. fantasy novel.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it, I love it. Excellent, so we'll move on to me now, because that's just how it looks on my screen. Um, I'm going to talk about the first entry in a long-running series and the first ever video game to be dubbed a survival horror. I'm talking about Resident Evil.
1: Well, that wasn't the first game to be called Survival Horror. You know that, right?
0: No, it was. I've double-checked, I've cross-referenced, I've dotted the T's and crossed the I's. Or whatever. What about around.
1: Alone in the Dark?
0: No, nope, this got this is the first time it's got coined, <laughs> trust me. Don't argue with me, boy.
1: <laughs> I'll argue with you.
0: <laughs> well, if not the first, one of the first. But it's the debut in a long running franchise which has 23 sequels and spin offs. You all know what Resident Evil is. Even if you've never played a computer game in your life, you know what Resident yep. Evil is. It's big. Um, basically, Resident Evil 1, released in 1996 it kind of revolutionized gaming for me i mean in 1996 i certainly wasn't old enough to play it i don't think anyone here apart from biggie would have been
3: still 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 managed to, to though yeah we still managed to cuz
0: it wasn't it wasn't an issue in my house so like,
3: cuz parents did not know yeah,
0: think, <laughs> no okay <laughs> and and i've always loved the series since then uh, but the first one for me it's just got that and I'm talking about the original, not the remake that they did. The first one, which is in very brightly lit rooms, <laughs> still <laughs> managed to be quite scary. <laughs> so um, let me t- I'm talking about the first time um, the dogs jumped through the window. Remember that? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. One, yeah. Of the, one of the first jump scares yeah. ever. Did you at ever... able people to not trust windows. Yeah,
3: exactly. Yeah. Did you ever yeah. try and go out the door at the beginning?
0: Uh, Yeah, yeah, later on, not the cause, first time, because a dog right. jumps in, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, if you try and go out the front door, if you just turn around yeah. and try and go out the front door, the dogs attack you. Wait, don't open that door. That leads me on to the voice acting. Back then, I genuinely mm. thought you were good voice acting. Yeah. I don't know how I could have thought that.
1: There was... Let's be fair, because voice acting wasn't really a thing then. I know, but. Still like, it was it's a very bad. early PlayStation game, because it was like a year one PlayStation game. Yes,
0: 1996. and. Yeah.
1: You know, if you'd played anything on the N64, there wasn't really any voice acting or anything You got a immersive. bit of,
0: oh! you got a bit of yeah, that.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, like, you know, people had come from, like, the Mega Drive and the SNES and, yeah. car- like, cartridge-based systems where having hundreds of megabytes of voice acting on it was not yeah. really an option. I can so, remember the first you
0: know, voice acting I ever heard in a game and it shit me up. You know Altered Beast when it goes, Rise from your grave. That yeah. really shit me up, that as a kid. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, which really, which also really shits me up every time I listen to the last podcast on the left, and that's part of their opening theme. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> in No, actually, you know, it, you know, it, it's their advert transition, so they'll be talking yeah. about something, and then to go to an advert, you go, rise from your grave. <laughs> <laughs> like, thanks, <laughs> Shocking. lads. Shocking. Put, yeah. put me back in a traumatic memory.
0: <laughs> With Resident Evil, um, as I said, it, it spawned 23 other games. Some of them, and I, I, I think it's safe to say most of the games aren't good. The majority of the Resident Evil games aren't good. The quality over quantity is the ratio is just off. It's like yeah. it's like five absolute must plays out of all the series.
3: I think in the main line,
0: main line you, is different, isn't you, it? If
3: you include Zero in that, like, yeah. only five and six are shit.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. The, re- I'd, the I'd rest, agree with that. the rest, I think, are all worth. Some are good. Have, some are in, some incredible. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But the first one, it just did. I don't know how. It, I don't know how it managed to. Like I said, the game's very well lit. It's not a dark game.
5: No.
0: Like, like talking about, like, remember Alone in the Dark, the new nightmare, which same platform, PlayStation. That was very like shadows and really, really. Yeah, it dark. was also terrible. Oh, it was bad, but that was. You know what I mean? The atmosphere was different on that. But
1: yeah, we, I think I think with the so I remember distinctly being quite scared of the first Resident Evil game. Yeah. Granted, I was twelve when yeah, I played it, yeah, so I wasn't that far probably helped. Yeah, um, but I think for I think for me it was one of the first games I encountered with where it actually had audio design, mm. like the the shambling sound of the zombies. Yep. Even though it's like if you listen to it now, it's like it's a bit crap. But hearing that sh- sh- as they're moving around, and then they're just like, oh. yeah. around the corner, it's like they're all really simple sound effects. But Capcom, Capcom, and Capcom have always been really good at sound. Like if you mm. go back to like this. The early Street Fighter games, like they had, they had a really yeah. cracking sound yeah, to and I think they managed to do a lot with very little. And like, yeah, everything was really well lit. Mm. Um, I think also having the tank controls and being fixed camera angles, like you don't, you can't see I, everything. I, yeah, like I remember when when the hunters come into it about oh. two thirds of the way through the story when you come back yeah, to the yeah. mansion, which can one it kill and, you. Well, depend on the difficulty, yeah. But like the first time you encounter one, you don't you see the cutscene leading up to it. But you don't see it. But you, but you don't see because where where the character will be when that cutscene triggers, you're in a dog-like corridor He's and he walks around it? the corner, <laughs> yeah. and it's just like you see it, and it's like oh fuck no no yeah. no, and you turn around and run away. Yeah, um, it's it did it did a lot with very with the very li- limitations of it what did. it had.
0: Absolutely, I think I think that's kind of its strength as well now they did remake it for the GameCube initially and now it's probably available on everything
1: um, yeah yeah. before they remade it though they released the shock version oh Do you yeah remember the director's cut the, <laughs> the, 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 yeah the director's cut of it and the state of some of the changes they oh, made oh yeah
0: they, they did like even worse soundtrack didn't they, they like the soundtrack was terrible yeah
1: just 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 for the listeners here i'm going to put in a clip of um the sound the, the music soundtrack for the kitchen in the original version yeah. immediately followed by the the sound in the remit in the um, in the re-released director's cut version just just listen to the quality <laughs>
0: like somebody fart, <laughs> farting into a trumpet it's fucking shocking
1: <laughs> it's, it's so bad but, you, but is it, I it's, remember, not, it's not even uh, musical it's not a theme it's just <laughs> bah, 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 bah,
0: bah, bah. when that
4: game first came out mm. um i went to a mate's house because I, I was working abroad so when i came home from leave um i said oh have you seen resident evil it's like no, no no so we ended up playing it together mm. and we took turns you know doing i don't yeah, know I a section or whatever and uh we were so stoned. We got to this we got to this we got to this point in the game where we'd done all the puzzles and we just kept going through the same corridor, not knowing what to do next. And it was you know how slow the door animation is. Yeah.
0: That was for When tension, you're stoned
4: man. and you can't find where you're going mm. and you go into a room, you're like, Oh no, don't go into that room, that's the room of the bees And when you go in there it's that <laughs> slow animation of the yeah. Like that and you've got to wait for it to load then it's the bees you've got to turn around <laughs> go back out again got lost went back in again we did this for literally like an hour and a half didn't know what to do so one of us slammed the controller down hit the button and the map popped up with a little flashing door saying you need to go <laughs> we completely forgot there was a map I bet option. you were
0: like look we're stoned and you've got to pick herbs up and you're getting healed <laughs> by the herbs man
4: it may have been mentioned really enjoying it I
0: do, I do it. think um,
3: for a game when it came out you said it was Revolutionary. Mm. I remember me and my brother, especially my brother, was just like, "Look at how good like the set designs and everything was." Yeah, so I believe it's all painted. Yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah. 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 So like, like just. Like going into the uh, the main hall originally, he was like, "Look at the detail." I mean, now obviously you yeah. look back at it, it's like that's crap. awful. But at the time, he was like, "Look at the detail, just on the carpet." Like it's like you can see all the the shapes and everything. We were so blown away by the detail it had in it. It was just incredible. Even that cutscene
4: when the zombie turns its head around for the first when time, it's eating like, Kenneth. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah,
3: I remember that. The voice acting was terrible. we both, we used to take piss off of it back then as well.
0: I hope that's not
3: Chris's Chris's blood.
0: (laughs) You almost became a Jill sandwich. the master of lockpicks. Yeah. Yeah. The master of unlocking. (laughs) Wait, don't open that door. I was really disappointed
1: when they did the remake that there wasn't an option to keep Barry's original lines.
0: I know, the change, he said something like, you almost got squashed in there in the remake, rather than, where's the Jill sandwich? Yeah, (laughs) I miss the Jill sandwich. I'm not allowed to say that anymore. No, no, you <laughs> I mean, no. But yeah, um, just uh, the last thing on that. Um, as a debut, without it being s- such a strong debut, the whole franchise wouldn't have grown 107 million units a- across the board. And that-, that one game, the original run, 5.3 million copies. This is before the time of GTA V, which sold- sells more than the Bible. You know what I mean? This is <laughs> yeah. That that's huge. That's five point three million copies. That's massive. And so, so yeah.
1: that, that 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 would then probably translate to about fifteen million pirated copies. Probably. That's how, yeah, yeah, exactly. Because everyone Cause had I, a I, PlayStation. I, I, yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> I didn't see a genuine version of Resident Evil until I had my own PS two. Yeah, exactly. I, had a, right, I had a I had genuine version.
3: I had a genuine version. <laughs> but I, I think it shows in the sales. I think the second one it's almost like 7 to 8 million copies oh yeah yeah so number, like the, number 2 is, the is, is
0: absolutely better but yeah. mm. as a debut I think if it wasn't as strong it had just been another survival or like the, they tried loads on PS1 can you remember Martian Gothic no you can't <laughs> yes. only Gadget can no. remember it <laughs> they tried a debut that didn't work <laughs>
1: No, that, that that was that was a game which can which is almost the definition of swing and a miss.
0: Yeah, exactly. So basic Resident Evil on Mars. Yeah, but, it,
1: it, I think I, I think the other thing as well is it proved that console games could be for grown ups.
0: Absolutely, that was the big because thing.
1: because like P- PC games were already for grown ups because you already yeah. had Doom and Duke Nukem yeah. and stuff like that at the time. But console games had always been very swung towards kiddie. It was Nintendo, stuff. wasn't
0: it? Nintendo was the dominant force.
1: Yeah. Mm. And so so Sony comes comes out the gates with their really fucked up marketing campaigns. Yeah.
0: Um Live Action FMVs as well because it's disc. Yeah, You couldn't do that on a cartridge.
1: No, yeah, the Live Action FMV for Resident Evil was a work of something. Something, yeah. Don't want to say it's art. <laughs> but... I think
0: that inspired Huey Bowles' career, didn't it? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Possibly. But uh yeah, like, so they so they proved that like so when when that came out then you started getting stuff like um like Silent Hill was obviously a response yes, to that. Absolutely. And, such a um, great game. Parasite all Eve. these different, yeah, Parasite Eve. Parasite Eve's excellent. Yeah,
0: which is more mm. of an that, RPG uh, than a survival horror, but it's.
4: I'm still upset that's never made it over here in the UK.
0: Which one? The first one. Yeah, yeah. yeah you can, you can, you that can, and
4: Xenogears have never been released in the no, UK. No, you can get pirate in one, so Don't you
0: worry about that. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> but yeah, you see, you got all you got all these like new franchises that were not only designed for adults but designed with adult themes around exactly. them. So it wasn't just the blood and the violence. You started getting more complicated stories. You yeah. started getting. Uh, big twists, you started getting like really engaging narratives as well. I mean, I'm not for a second pretending that Resident Evil has an engaging narrative. <laughs> B-movie schlock, but it was Bad done Baddies under so the well. house,
0: that is the narrative. There's, yeah. there's zombies.
1: But, it, it, yeah, it broke a lot of ground for what you could do with grown-up games.
0: Mm. And it, you, you and get quite a, a chunky game as well for a launch, launch I don't think it was launch week, but launch-ish title, where, I mean, I think it came out on the Dreamcast as well. Not Dreamcast, um, Saturn as well, didn't it? I think yeah, but it less did. said about that part the better. Yeah, absolutely. But it, it launched and you, you had Chris's campaign and Jill's campaign. That started a trend in that genre then to have multiple perspectives in the same location. And yeah. I think that's quite a, a big a master stroke as well. So yeah, as a debut, I think it knocks it out of the park. Absolutely. Uh, if you wanted to play the original, not the remake, play the um I think it was the DS version. I like that version best. Remember the Deadly Silence version? Is it called Deadly Silence? Do you remember where you could... You don't even know what I mean, do you? Oh, yeah. You, you could vaguely, use the knife yeah. with, the touch, with the stylus.
1: Yeah, I was trying to remember. When you said DS version, I'm thinking, are you talking about the DualShock version? No, no, no. the actual version on the Nintendo, yeah, DS, Nintendo DS. Yeah, the Nintendo DS.
0: I think that was the best version of the original game, in my opinion, anyway. So, yeah. Do, 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 do you not remember them shoving it onto a Game Boy? Oh, <laughs> Gaiden. No, it's different to Gaiden, wasn't it? There was another there was an actual Resident Evil on Game Boy, wasn't it? Just Yeah. Oh, that was bad.
1: In monochrome. Oh yeah, that was bad.
0: <laughs> oh my god, I, that just did, did, slipped did my brain.
1: Yeah, good attempt. Not well done. I believe the <laughs> PC be the
0: PC version of the original had extra content as well that no one else got. Like an extra like couple of rooms that didn't exist.
1: An extra couple extra of rooms an extra cutscene.
0: That was it, that was it, yeah. Um but yeah, um, g- g- if you can g- you probably find it on PC for ninety-nine pence. It's a good blast from the past and a great debut. So we'll move on to Candy.
2: Yeah, I'm going with the uh cult release from the Podfather himself, Kevin Smith, and that's Clerks.
4: Ah.
2: Or Clerks if you want to say it <laughs> the
4: proper
2: way. <laughs> uh yeah, Clerks follows Dante and Randall on their sort of regular dead end jobs, and it just perfectly sort of encapsulates that nineties feel of life. Um
0: Encapsulates retail. Trust me. it, yeah,
2: for mm. sure. I think we've all been there. Mm. Yep. Um, it also gave birth to the 90s icons Jay and Silent Bob. Silent <laughs> Bob being played Snooch to the motherfucking nooch. <laughs> <laughs> they were just everywhere, weren't they? For yeah. A, remember they turned up scream?
0: Yeah, scream in Scream. Yes, Scream Three. I think.
2: Yeah, in yeah. Scream. Yes,
0: yeah, Scream Three. I think it was three. Wes Craven just <laughs> turns up in that film. Oh, it's a Not in the
3: first screen. That's no, no, it's that. <laughs> it's the one in Hollywood. Oh, all right, yeah, it's not very good.
2: I think it was when in Jane, and Silent Bob stroke back, they go to the uh, Paramount Studios. Yeah, they do. They?
3: Yeah,
2: they do. <laughs> but yeah, it's made by uh, Kevin Smith in '94 after he dropped out of uh, film school, where he'd met Scott Mosier, who's his producer and sort of long time collaborator. He actually does a podcast with him as well. He often turns up in uh, a lot of his films. He plays—is it Snowball? I think yes. in Clerks. Yeah, he plays Snowball in Clerks. So you'll, a you'll, you'll know his name. Phrase. <laughs> Especially when you know what it means. Yep.
0: It's disgusting. I
4: haven't seen that movie for a while. <laughs>
2: um, it was filmed in black and white, just because it, he completely self um, self funded it. It's
0: cheaper, isn't um, it? It was,
2: yeah, cheaper. And I think he he mentioned something about the uh, they gave him a deal at the at the shop that he was working at, just because he was still technically a student, even though he dropped out. Mm. Um he made the film for twenty seven thousand dollars. Mental all that. included. They actually um they filmed it in the in the store that he worked in. Um and the reason you see the shutters down, um, there's that scene at the beginning where he puts a sign up saying, I assure you we're open out of boot polish and everyone comments on it on the way in. And um the reason for that is they were filming it overnight whilst the store was closed. It makes so sense, doesn't
0: it, now when you think they about to, it.
2: <laughs> absolutely. So whereas it looked like it was dark, it actually was dark because it was nighttime outside. But uh, yeah. They yeah they got around that Apart from the scene where they're playing
0: hockey on the roof.
2: Well, they filmed yeah they filmed that sort of outside the store yeah. so the store could still be open. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I,
0: just,
2: I just love the way it, it. just kind of feels like you sometimes forget you're watching a film and it's just like just like we're talking now, mm. um, just arguing about completely ridiculous nerdy things. And at that age, it feels like it's just the most important thing in the world, doesn't it? And then you realize when you're older, it doesn't matter. But it just it, it perfectly kinds of something. For else. me,
0: it was the first time I did. Heard- like real famous people discussing like Star Wars, not on Star Wars, because oh, yeah. they had that they, they had that famous discussion about contractors on the Death Star. I don't <laughs> <know>. <laughs> Which is incredible. And funny enough, I was
2: gonna yeah, I was gonna mention that because in the Force Force Awakens, Finn the Stormtrooper, it's um it's mentioned that he was working in the sanitation department.
0: Oh shit! So they actually,
2: so actually were like plumbers and stuff. Yeah. On the, uh, I forgot, on I the didn't think of Death that. Star. Wow,
4: <laughs> it's so weird because I mean, who interviews you if you're like? joining the Empire I mean is it like Darth Vader I think it's conscription
0: going, I'm not sure like, oh,
4: where do you see yourself in five years you know?
2: <laughs> do you work well under pressure yeah, <laughs> I'd just, love to see the Death Such a strange department. thing isn't it you know? yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, actually the original ending was Dante getting shot mm. and so uh, that didn't, Which is the didn't only that test very was- well
1: The only version of it I've seen. Yeah, there is a version that's released.
0: Yeah, yeah, there is. It was
2: released with the, um, I think it was the anniversary DVD. I think it was, yeah. And um, they showed the, uh, they played that scene. And um, I'm glad that they went, apparently it was just because he didn't know how to end it. Yeah. So.
0: How do you end a normal day at work for them people? That's that's the thing. Yeah. 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 It wasn't even supposed to be there that day. Do you know what I mean? mean, Absolutely. (laughs) I have never seen this. What? Oh, it's a great film. You should. Well,
3: well, close sure. my, that blows my mind.
0: That's in Clerks how you Two. About
2: Kevin Smith in, in you've general? seen
0: Clerks Two, but you've not seen Clerks <laughs> One. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Did you say how He's do we feel um... about Ke- Kevin Smith in general?
2: Yeah, because I think Clerks is quite a departure from the rest of his films, isn't it?
0: He has hits mm. and misses for me. Oh yeah, yeah I, I, agree. Think, uh, totally I agree. Think,
1: agree I think Smith has more misses for me than hits. But I like I do, Dogma. Like, like, like his like his hits are fucking brilliant. Yeah,
0: up. yeah. Clerks, Dogma, um. Wow. I really like Dogma, but it like, seems to get real kick in. It's because people don't like his subject matter, that's why. Yeah. yeah.
2: He actually turned up and protested his own film, didn't he? Yeah,
0: Yeah. he protested the <laughs> fact that he was saying like Dogma is shit or something with a placard, wasn't he? Yeah, he
2: was outside with the rest of
0: them. But no one knew what he looked like. D- Kevin Smith it does look like the most average American in the world.
4: I like yeah. Chase and Amy. I thought that was Chase excellent.
0: Amy's good. I love Chase and yeah. Amy. Yeah. A- Jersey Girl was bad. Yes, yeah. shocking. Um, I didn't mind the
1: Walrus one. I like that. Tusk. Yeah, Tusk. I
2: like
0: Tusk, Tusk. Tusk was
4: brilliant. More rats you, is you, good in bits and places. I like,
1: you see, I, I like more rats more than most people do. Um, I like Jane Silent Cameo. Bob Strike Back. Yeah, I, I like Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. I did not like Jane Silent Bob Rebooted. Oh, no. Mm. Oh, no. That was a film that didn't need to happen. No. Well, that was
2: just a love letter to his actors, wasn't it? And to his family, and to yeah, his actors, and to Jay as well. And, yeah. Yeah, I think he made it. He made it right. He, he pitched it right after he had the heart attack, and I think a lot of the actors that he'd worked with in previous years felt like they actually did want to come out, and they wanted to help him. They wanted to help him bounce back, and mm. it probably did make them feel a bit nostalgic for where they started out, because Ben Affleck started in a lot of... Um, he had a big Kevin falling out,
0: though, didn't they? for years, and now the Friends again and stuff like that?
2: I think so. I don't, I don't think he's ever really revealed if they had a falling out mm. or not, but... They seem to be friends again, but yeah, it mm. brought out a lot of the old actors, and I thought it was—it was just a nice little. Um, it's never going to win any Oscars, but it was a nice little love letter to everyone. I think.
0: I think honestly, in in, in all Kevin Smith's work, I think his best works is podcasting.
2: Yeah, for sure.
0: I think it's Smodcast <laughs> is brilliant. Oh, I used to be. I've not listened to it in a very long time. Fat Man on
1: Batman was really good. Yeah,
0: that was good. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Clerks—it was the first film I ever watched. It with a director's commentary. There
1: you go. Yeah, it's very good with a director's commentary. Mm. I, I, I will say it, it does suffer from it being a, a self-made, self-funded, self-directed, self-starring film mm. in that it, it, it has a lot of Kevin Smith's worst impulses with dialogue.
0: It does. It does. And like
1: long-running monologues and speeches about the most inane bullshit, whereas when he got into Rats and Into the Future, when he... Um, he had editors that would help him, still allow him to have some, those mm. huge sections of dialogue, but cut them down slightly. Well, he you wants know, to make he, them he, a little bit punchy. He
0: once said that obviously the great Quentin Tarantino was about at the time, and Tarantino had the luxury of having long monologues, but editing prowess as well. So yeah, you can make it's not going, Do you know when they're talking? Like he has Steve Buscemi <laughs> doing a massive monologue, but. It didn't do it all in one take. You can and you can you, with Kevin with with clerks. You can tell some of them were just like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> get it off, get yeah, rally yeah, off. yeah, exactly, yeah. But yeah, it, it's good as a debut. Absolutely, oh, it's excellent as a debut. And how, how much did it cost? Sorry, did you say twenty seven million? Twenty seven
2: thousand dollars. Twenty seven thousand dollars, which I looked and it's about forty thousand
0: dollars today. That's ridiculous. I made made three point two million. There you go. He launched his career.
1: Put, put, so, so you can make clerks again for less than the price of a Tesla.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh. Basically. <laughs> and you should. <laughs> yeah. Probably a better investment,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good that's a really good pick. So yeah, clerks, really good. Um we're now on to Big
4: So yeah, I've gone down a slightly different path. I've just realised that everything I've kind of talked about today um revolves around sort of hip hop generally. So um I discuss... I wanted to discuss um, sort of 90s hip-hop. It was, um, in many eyes, including my own, the golden era of hip-hop music. It just seemed to be throughout the 90s as it kicked off, it was just artist after artist just came out of the woodwork and they were just banging music all the time. It was just a wonderful time to be alive in the world of hip-hop. It was just incredible. I want to mention about three um, debuts that I wanted to point out. Um, it's entirely up to um, our esteemed editor whether he wishes to drop any snippets in if not <laughs> just track down um, the records that I recommend I want to mention um, about one guy called Keith Murray he um, first made an appearance on Eric Sermon's Hostile Eric Sermon was one part of EPMD who um, of great music but when he went solo um, he launched this record Hostile and Eric Sermon does the first verse Quite amiably, as a sort of record producer, stroke rapper, um, delivers his line. And then he literally has a guy come on the microphone and say, Introducing. And then he mentions Keith Murray. And then Keith Murray just comes in and just drops this incredible verse. And now. Um, Keith Murray from that got signed um, and ended up having quite a good career at one point until he went a bit crazy. Tacked a guy with a bar stool and then went on the lam for a month before he handed himself in. What a legacy. Um, but yeah, just for an absolute cracking verse. Um, and, and in the world of hip hop, if you're going to make an appearance, You literally, as you guessed on a record, you need to You've got to keep the
0: dars down, haven't you?
4: You have to if you're going to make an impact, and Keith Murray certainly did that. Mm. Um, The second guy I want to mention is Naz. Yeah. Um, He appeared on Main Sources Live at the Barbecue, and again, he opened that track, um, and it was just incredible, and an amazing verse from uh, literally an unknown guy.
3: My brain just like a rifle stampede the stage. I leave the microphone split. Play Mr. Tuffy while I'm on some pretty tone shit. Verbal assassin, my architect pleases. When I was 12, I went to help for snuffing Jesus. Nasty is a rebel to America. Police murderer, I'm causing a stereo. My troops roll up with a strange force. I was trapped in a cage and lit out by a main source. Swimming and women like a lifeguard. Put on a bullet.
4: He went on to release another single called Half Time, which ended up on a soundtrack to the movie Zebrahead. But then he also went on to release his main own single, which was It Ain't Hard to Tell, which sampled Michael Jackson's human nature, and he literally oh, does just it? blew up. Oh, I
0: love human nature.
4: Yeah, he this guy is so good. There's poetry um in hip hop, he's just incredible. What a wordsmith. Um so yeah, please check that out. But there can only be one group that I want to talk about who debuted, and that's the Wu Tang clan.
0: Um bada, um bada bada.
4: When you just come through the people I've mentioned, you just got one guy, a couple of guys, just, you know, appearing in their usual sort of hip-hop videos, riding around in cars, showing money and all this kind of thing. It was all kind of very sort of um, blase And then Wu-Tang Clan just came completely out of nowhere. (laughs) They're they're like a group of ten people. (laughs) Look, as badass as you can imagine. Um, their first single which was called Protect Your Neck wasn't too bad I like it. Watch
1: your step kid. Watch I smoke all the right like smoking Joe Frazier the hell ways raising hell with the flavor. Tell her about the jam like troops in Pakistan. Swing through your
3: town like your neighborhood Spider-Man So all. Uh, tick-tock and keep ticking when I get to flipping off the shit that I'm kicking. The Lone Ranger. go wet danger.
4: It was when they released, um, Method Man, who's one member of the group. And he just did this incredible solo single, mm. which literally introduced the group. They're all in the background of his video and they weren't looking at the camera. They are kind of just slightly looking to the side because it was kind of like, I oh, can't look you in the eye because <laughs> I'm really be bad. You know? Yeah. It was just in, it was such a great video, but yeah, the music they went on to release, um, cream casuals, everything about me, um, it could all be so simple. But this group, they just went from 10 members, their album, Enter the Wu-Tang, became the 36 Chambers. Then every single member of the group released a, sing- a solo album. Um, you had the production by the RZA, the raw beats spliced with martial arts samples, their logo, um, very distinct W. Um, the clothing, they launched the clothing, a library of albums, single guest appearances. Video game. But... Yeah, but the first year, they had 300 affiliates. I mean, it's just incredible. Are you in the? Are you in the CEOs, clan? No, I'm not. I wish I could spit bars. <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it was just something about that group, the way they launched, just the, the threat of this group from Staten Island. Um, and yeah, they, they were just incredible. Um, not every album is a hit, in my personal opinion. Um, they had some misses, without a doubt.
0: I like the names. It's like Ruzza, Guzza, Old Dirty Bastard. Method Man, yeah. there's loads of them, can not even they're, I don't even know them.
4: They're just so all. good, so good. But yeah, I mean, Method Man definitely stood out. Um, well, he's the biggest the hit out of all them, really, isn't he? He is. He's really good. Um, Rayquan the chef as yeah. well. Uh, but yeah, um, if you're not into hip hop, at least uh, check those out. And if everyone's um, heard Gravity, editor can't put it in. That. Please track yeah. them down. Do you, do
1: you, do you remember when um, when some British producer wanted to put together a British uh, Wu-Tang Clan and we got the So Solid crew. <laughs> <laughs> didn't quite have the same impact, didn't they?
4: <laughs> Not quite. I mean, I 21 is seconds is though. okay. It's okay.
0: But, yeah, Most of um... the So Solid crew have probably got jobs at a call centre now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Not so th- sensible crew. There's
0: nothing wrong with working in a call centre, by the way. I'm just saying. Yeah. What was that? Uh, I thought you were going to say that
3: other group. Then, for some reason, that that boy group, what were they called? Um, PJ Duncan. No, this is like later on in in, in the nineties as well. They did that Crossroads. Blazing like, Squad. Blazing Squad. Oh. Yeah. For some reason, I thought it was going to say Blazing Squad, and I was like, they were no. they would
0: like they had so solid crew, which were like Aldi. Then Blazing Squad were Little. Do you know what I mean? It was like, uh, and Wu Tang Clan were fucking Tesco. Well,
4: the thing that is expensive. though that um, yeah. <laughs> American because American hip hop was so good, the quality was there. Mm. That British hip hop just tried to emulate that and couldn't do it because they didn't have their I mean, own. They've done it now,
0: haven't they? With uh, Grime? but now yeah, Grimes, taken the UK off.
4: scene is incredible, yeah. so much better than American. Mm. But yeah, they just tried to emulate. They didn't find their own identity, so now they've done that, and like, it uh, took a long time uh, for British hip hop. At this do point,
1: that. like I don't know much about the Wu Tang Clan, but I know like I like at this point they've become basically they're all ninjas, almost mate. like. Well, no, it it they've mostly become like an art exhibit in themselves. Yeah, like like yeah. they the recorded an album and printed exactly one one copy of it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, yeah. it was sold to fucking Mark because he's a dickhead. <laughs> um, but you know, it was, it was it was it was it was just the most. I remember seeing that wh Why would they sell one copy and then it sold for like several million dollars? They like, made oh, the money back. What? They'll do one. How <laughs> <laughs> much money have
0: they saved on production?
4: Yeah. <laughs> But you yeah, know, they were so good, so so good.
0: Mm. Are they still operating as a as a clan now? Are they? Are they all just split off?
4: I don't think so. I mean, they certainly. I've not heard opinion, of them in years. More. Not heard anything for ages. Method Man did a Jacked live well now, show with. Yeah, he did a live show. Red Man over yeah. a lockdown, which was really good. Re- Reza um, does
1: a lot of um, film soundtracks. Now. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. He accidentally So accidentally yeah, I think they all found their own feet here and there. Unfortunately, ODB actually died. Yeah, he- in, I mean, this is incredible at the height of. At the peak of his popularity in the group, he did an armed robbery and got shot. Mm.
0: It happens, doesn't it? blows your like. mind. But yeah, brilliant Now, So we'll move back on to Stig. Okay, my second
3: choice is uh, Get Out by John and Peele. So this what is John and Peele's director, yeah, right. directorial debut in the world of film. Mm. Coming from a comedy background. Key and Peele, yeah. With Key and Peele, this just kind of just sideswept everyone and came out of nowhere. I don't think anyone was expecting this comedy actor to come come with this powerhouse of a film. (laughs) Um, For those of you who haven't uh, seen Get Out, I'll just read the synopsis. Here. Chris and his girlfriend, Rose, go upstairs to visit her parents for the weekend. At first, Chris reads the family's over accommodating behaviour as nervous attempts to deal with their daughter's interracial relationship. But As the weekend progresses, a series of increasingly disturbing discoveries lead him to a, tr- a truth that he never could have imagined. And this stars Daniel Kaluuya. He's brilliant uh, in it. Yeah, he, he's so good, exceptional in it. It's just, it's fantastic. Uh, it is not what I expected at all. If um, I didn't really know much about it, I didn't watch the trailers. I didn't kind of read much about it. I I'd heard snippets bit here and there about it. And I just got told to watch it, and I just had it in my mindset: white girl takes a black man back to his conservative white family and all i had in my head was this is going to turn into one of those i thought it was going to be a comedy me no i thought it was going to be one of those like kind of hunting films and i just oh yeah 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 that's where they're going and it just was not not that yeah not that at all and completely just blew me away with like with the way the way it goes Mm. um it's very clever. It's it is funny in parts. It is. Um, it's ridiculously tense, political, and scary. I, I, see, people say it's not a horror because it's not tip like your typical scares. But I think the scares are in there, like in other ways. It's human, scares. It's very unnerving. Um, yeah, the sunken place to me was very scary because of what I my interpretation of what I thought it represented. Yeah. Um. So. If you don't want to get be spoiled by it, I'm going to talk about what the sunken place. I thought the sunken place was. To me, I see that as how the director views black society. Same. Um, it's a place where he's put. It's a, metaphorically put in a box, and he can't get out of it. And he's controlled by rich white people. That's yeah. how I saw the, the sunken place. Um, so yeah, it's very clever, very politically charged, but it does it without being on the nose. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of stuff in there on um, after I've read up about it and talked to friends and stuff. Just all these tiny little
0: touches throughout. He's put Easter like, eggs everywhere though, hasn't he? Yeah. Like he uses cotton to get away. Yeah, yeah, which is obviously a play on, yeah. Yeah, and the
3: um where she's separating the, the cereal from the milk and mm. everything like that, it's it's just so the movie isn't about a big twist or shock factor. It's this underlying political message. Pretty really, straightforward if you think absolute absolute about it. Nails. Yeah, it is, but it's just done in such a clever mm. way. Um, What's
4: the actor's name? I've forgotten.
0: Daniel Kluwer. Uh, Daniel Kluwer.
4: Um, was it his first movie as well?
0: No, I did look this up. He'd been in a British programmes as well for a while. Because he's a Brit, isn't he?
3: Yeah, he'd been in a lot of TV and I think he'd been in two film two or three yeah. films before this. Oh,
4: okay. Which I would, He's so good in it. Brilliant. He's just gone on. Well, this is his the film that kind of shot his career
3: up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Big time. Uh, but yeah, there's nothing in this, there's nothing in this film that's like superfluous. It, like, it's like the, the everything is hidden but it's in plain sight. That's what makes yeah. it so clever. So it's not like it's there for you
0: to see, but not for you to like have to. I think Jordan Peele's got really. Guess. He's he's really good foreshadowing as a director. He uses yeah. that technique brilliantly.
4: In us as well. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I In us, yeah. the, the, the a whole plot of
0: us is told to you with foreshadowing, anyway. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. So good. Yeah. Like, as you said,
2: it is a uh, it is a horror, but it doesn't rely on sort of jump scares, does it? Or oh. what I like to call cheap scares.
0: Mm. I think
2: it's really scary when you don't rely on that kind of thing.
4: Yeah.
3: So um
4: <laughs> I'm just sorry, I just remember that scene and I know you were talking about Get Out, but I just remembered the scene in us where they try to call for help and they end up getting fuck the police on the Yeah,
3: uh, on the series. yeah. yeah.
4: <laughs> So funny. So so funny. There
3: is um there's two endings to get out. Yeah. Yeah. Um and I preferred the one that you went with because I, I thought I think the one the original ending uh was too obvious. Um, it was foreshadowed over there. It's like, oh, he bumps in that clearly racist cop at the beginning. Oh, here comes a cop car. It's like, you. Know, I was just like, at that point, I was kind of rolling my eyes thinking, mm. like, this is just, it's too easy. Um, and uh, I prefer the theatrical ending. They, they, they changed. Yeah, the ending that he gets is better. Have you seen it, Gadget? No. Oh, for fuck's sake. You should mention, tell me this before you fucking start rolling on about spoilers. <laughs>
1: I have no intention of watching it so spoiler really oh it's <laughs> so oh, good it's amazing, amazing. it's and so I, good I've, I've, I have no doubt I've just got no interest in it mm, I get okay. it I get it my, same, with, same with us no, no, no interest my wife in didn't, didn't want to
0: watch them either she didn't she's like no I'm not bothered yeah it's great us Jordan it, Peele I think it's a, uh, no get out Jordan Peele get out yeah <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's an, Sorry, absolute, it's an absolute banging debut it's, yeah. it's it's a it's a, a full on like 8 to 9 out of 10 film for me I it's no wasted space on it, so yeah. Um, gadget, next, please. Uh,
1: yeah, so so my my second one. Um, just because I I I know that we're going to get copyright strike to fuck with uh, Biggie's choices. I'm going to, just, I'm going to put
4: something. <laughs> you don't have that came to put out, them in. You don't have to.
1: Oh no, I'm putting them in. Um, I'm going to put I'm going to put in something that was released on Warner Music because why not make on YouTube? <laughs> uh, I'm going to talk about one of my favorite albums of all time. Uh, hybrid Theory by Lincoln Park. Ah, uh, seminal. Because because in, in my mind, I'm always fourteen. Mm, forever. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So uh, this was released. Um, if you want to make you feel old, October the twenty fourth in the year two thousand. Yes, <laughs> twenty one years old. That this makes year. me sick. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh. This was the this was the de- the debut released by um. Uh, American rock band Linkin Park. Mm. I was trying to think, are they from anywhere in particular? No, they're just from all over America. You've
0: all heard of them.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's possibly one of the most genre-defining new metal albums there was, at least towards like the later end of what it, what new metal was, because you had like kind of corn were one of the first ones, really weren't the, in like the mid-90s, who kind of put together rap and rock. And Almost so really embarrassing. Did. I'm
0: sorry, guys, but so embarrassing. Never listen to you. Don't need to. Yeah. I like nah, some corn trucks.
2: I love corn. Yeah, corn
1: yeah, yeah. were brilliant. They had some really deep and involving lyrics, like boom, <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, so so like so, Lincoln Park kind of they was they were in a very similar style to like corn, um, and bands like that who were who were big in the nineties who fused rap and rock together. Mm. But by the time it got to the year two thousand, when Lincoln Park kind of hit the scene you know, big major labels were getting involved with it and the production was getting very slick and the sound was getting very slick. And I, th- I think hybrid theory is the pinnacle of what um, could be achieved with fusing rap, rock together, adding in samples, putting in a DJ and that kind of thing and having that kind of fusion between b- between metal and more kind of um, hip-hop-based music. I couldn't agree more. Um, there we're a six-piece band um, with two singers because why not go to the Extreme Excesses? <laughs> um, one one of the singers, Mike Shinoda, was also there, the guitar player and keyboard player, MC. and one of the DJs. And yeah, and he was he was more of a rapper than anything. And then you had the late great Chester Bennington, who was the kind of the lead singer, the clean vocalist. I say clean vocalist, so a lot of he dirty vocalists. Some pipes well. on him. <gasps> <gasps> that man's voice. Oh, he could so sing good. Oh. Um, one of one of the greatest singers of a generation, absolutely. Um, and yeah, he sadly died a few years ago. Um, and it's just it's an album that for me, when it hit, I remember I remember when I was just kind of getting into rock music when this album landed, and I remember being a little innocent young me being a little freaked out by the video for um, One Step Closer. Oh, yeah. Because it was this kind of weird, edgy, fucking mm. people with bright red hair. Faces and right s- up close to the camera. Screaming yeah, at the camera. N- yeah, yeah, ninjas and shit like that. And I was just like, oh, oh, no, oh, no, 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 no. Why is no, there no, ninjas like in it? <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah.
3: The
4: it's, it's, weird. <laughs> it's, it's weird. I only the video. It's just, it's
3: just like they went, they went. We've got a bit of budget left. What should we put in it? Ninjas. <laughs>
1: How much? <laughs> the ninjas, ninjas always, it always default to
4: ninjas every time.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it, it, I, I remember then it, it was just one day. I just sat down and watched the video. I thought, "This is a fucking banger. This, mm. this is
5: excellent."
1: Um, it's a short album. It doesn't um, sit around it's and about an take hour up long. space. It's no, thirty-seven minutes. Fuck, really? I
3: listened to it the other, when you mentioned that you were going to do this yesterday. When yeah. I was cleaning, I put the album from start to finish. So that's so good.
1: <laughs> yeah, I thought it was longer. You no, it's no. Per, it's perfectly formed. Um, wow, every all the songs on it are about some kind of like believable human emotions. Mm. So whether it's loss, whether it's. Um, Addiction, whether it's uh, depression, anxiety, all these different things, um, and it, the the album goes along at a at a at a, at a fair clip. It's re- like I said, it's a forty minute long album. It's really quick to get through, but everything just flows so perfectly from one song to the next. Ooh. And some of the songs are really heavy. Like "With You" is one of the heaviest songs I've ever heard.
0: Yeah, it's pretty um, heavy, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and um, points of authority as well, stuff like that. Like, the-
0: I mean, "Crawling" has got quite a heavy chorus, which you don't usually see. It's usually the other way around, isn't it? Heavy, yeah. then into a more melodic chorus, but that's quite a heavy vocal on Crawling. See?
1: It annoys me. The crawling was one of the big singles from it because that's my least favorite song yeah, on the album. It's not the best. If 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 only because it's it's just the delivery of the chorus. Yeah. That long crawling in. It's yeah. like, but it's almost it's it's in tune, but it's almost like it's out of tune, mm. and it really yeah. grates on me. Would, every you, time. would you
3: say that it's crawling under your skin? In his ears. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Maybe the doom. Um, See,
2: I look back at that album with almost sort of a sense of guilt because when it first came out, I felt almost as if they were a very packaged new metal bands. They were on I think oh, they, they, were were. On, yeah, they were released on yeah, they were really. on I think was it was at Roadrunner Records and produced by Ross Robinson and there were a lot of bands. Oh it
1: was yeah. it, it was it was it was it was Warner Brothers and they were produced by Don Gilmore Warner Brothers mm.
2: um so I kind of look back and think, you know, that they were packaged and they're deliberately trying to appeal to teenagers, angsty teenagers. and It worked. Obviously,
0: <laughs> well, it, yeah,
2: firstly, it worked. But also looking back now and seeing what, you know, the ends that Chester okay. Bennington met, and I, I sort of feel, you know, he wasn't trying to appeal to anyone. This this was coming from him. This was actually what he was feeling. Yeah,
0: he was being yeah. honest with his lyrics, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Mm. Yeah, and, and and the thing is, it's very easy to be cynical around that time because there were a lot of bands that were oh, like that. Yeah. Like, everyone remembers Crazy Town. Oh, Edema. <laughs> and they, it, well, Crazy Town were actually a manufactured new metal band. Yeah, mm. they didn't know each other before No, nah, yeah, Nope, they weird, were put together that. by a record label. Uh, Edema were another one who, I think that, I think that they they only kind of got a record deal because the lead singer was Jonathan Davis's cousin.
0: Yeah, guys, you need to spike your hair up, or you're not being in this music video. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Let's um, be
1: But like, um, Hybrid Theory also was, was kind of like it was almost like an anathema to like other albums at the time. So like the other kind of the other big new metal bands at the time were Limp Bizkit, Rock in the set! Who were this? Yep. Who <laughs> were this kind of very braggadocious, very intense, misogynistic band. <laughs> Bunch of
3: wankers. Uh, baby.
1: Well, you know, Fred does was a <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, and you also had like Papa Roach, who were in the who were probably closer to. They were skirting the lines, really. I think Papa Roach. Well, yeah, Papa Roach did were like some the same songs. kind of. Su- Papa Roach were the same kind of subject matter. It was a lot of yeah. very angsty teenager shit, but they had a very much more of a punk rock sound yeah. to them because they didn't have the DJ and mm. the hyper slick production and stuff. Like that. It was just the four of them. Um, so I, I really kind of glomped on a hybrid theory because it just, it spoke to me in so many ways as this kind of nerdy, lonely teenager. Um, and I just really, really liked the songs. And do you want some stats on this one? Yeah. You know oh, I love a stat, is? Love a stat. So it peaked at number two on the billboard 200 in the US. So that's massive. The rock charts. The that's main massive. Chart. In America, it went 12 times platinum, <laughs> which is 12 million copies. Jesus. Oh, yeah. Worldwide, sold 27 million copies. Whoa! It's the best-selling debut album since Appetite for Destruction. Fuck! Mm-hmm. Nice. And bear, bear in mind, it was released in the year 2000. It is still the best-selling rock album of this century. Whoa!
0: Whoa! So I had it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I my, loved sister, it. my sister, my sister bought I it, it. I had, and I had it. I think it's my like so mum bought a, a copy, so
3: we had three in our house.
1: I think if you were a teenager in the year 2000, you had it. It just appeared in in your collection.
3: I said before it was my gateway album into heavier rock. One of mine, yeah. Absolutely. I can't argue with that.
4: On the flip side, I know I don't think the song's on there. Is Num on there isn't, is it?
3: Num's
1: no, the next no, album, no, isn't it? No. Yes. Yeah, so so Num was the closer of Meteora, uh, Meteor, which was yeah. their second album. Yeah. And then that, that was that, that was the one that became the main single when they did the, the mashup album with uh, Jason. Yeah, the
4: collaboration oh, with Jason. That was a good such album a good as good track. well. Such and, you, a good
1: and, and, and you know what Encore numb is the worst song on it yeah the other songs that I love together, I absolutely you know, love it, it. It's, it's a good song but it's the worst song on it because the other songs on it were fucking brilliant yeah um, <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not a Jay-Z fan
3: <laughs> did you like Regeneration where they remixed the first album yeah, I did
1: Reanimation Reanimation that's
3: yeah. it that's yeah. it yeah I really yeah, like that so I've,
1: I've still got yeah. that on CD so my only complaint with that one was though why did we have five remixes of Points of Authority
3: yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah.
5: <laughs>
1: it, it, you didn't need five remixes of, of a mid track uh, a yeah. mid album track
0: which almost sounds like a B-side kind of track almost yeah
1: but, but, but then do you remember do you remember the video for Points of Authority remix and you had that like, huge kind of Starcraft yeah. fucking sci-fi war thing it was they did Absolute a lot of anime
0: videos as well, didn't they? No, that was called
4: Transformers.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. If you if you haven't heard it, what the fuck's wrong with you? Go listen to Hybrid Theory. It's forty minutes of your life, and it's absolutely does it still hold brilliant.
0: up like sound wise? Yep, oh, absolutely. Yep. stunning, yep. stunning
1: production. Mm. Um, so the so the songs are actually pretty timeless. They're, I would say the only song that's probably age poorly might be One Step Closer, just because it's such a generic yeah song. But like when you get like deeper into the album, and you get like a place on my head or cure for the itch or stuff like mm. that, they're so good. I
0: know it's I know it's like a, a really genre defining album. Do you know when the title that's that music service launched and it was like high definition yeah. sound? They used that as the only rock like um, album that they'd put on it because it was quite hip hop oriented, wasn't it? Tidal, for a long time.
4: Yeah. Well, Jay Z launched yeah, exactly. Tidal, didn't he? And so that was one of the only rock albums
0: on, T- on Tidal. So it, obviously, it, it broke boundaries, didn't it?
1: I would also say if you search out the B-sides and listen to My December, it's one of the best um, rock ballads yeah. of yeah. the Yeah, it's,
4: it's, it's a good track.
0: Nice, nice. Excellent. So we're going to move on to me now. Uh, now this is going to make the, the, the music I'm going to talk about look poor in comparison to Linkin Park. So an album that speaks to me on a different level, uh, released in 2007. So I'd grown up a little bit more from Linkin Park days, I'd stopped putting as much um, eyeliner on. I still was, but not as much. <laughs> um, it's called Take to the Skies by Enter Shikari. Has anyone heard of Enter Shikari? Yeah, I've seen them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have.
3: Nope. Been, I've, been on top of a human, I've been on top of a human pyramid at their gig. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, they are famous for that. So, if, for people that don't know, they're a Hertfordshire based electronic car band. So, if you don't know what electronic car is.
1: Electronic car. Fuck on. That's what it is. That's what it
0: is, basically. They're a
1: metal band with electronics in it. Yeah,
0: that's exactly what it is. Um, the. The the, the lyrics are are very political. (laughs) um, Not as political as Rage Against the Machine, but they're political nonetheless. Um, Rue Reynolds' vocals range from rap, screaming, pig squealing. If you don't know what pig squealing is, I'm not going to do it because I'm really hungover, Uh, but I can normally.
1: Uh, (laughs) You've got Neighbours.
0: Yeah, uh, accompanied by exceptional harmonies and some intense guitar and drum riffs. Uh, Basically, it's like proto-dub rock this first album cuz it's before dubstep was even a thing but i i wouldn't still call it dubstep anyway it's very difficult to describe it, it is it's emo as fuck <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's super emo um but this album it's just got so, for, for when it came out like 2007 oh my oh my word what were i doing in 2007 i were a bad boy about town i'm telling you now <laughs> I were a bugger. I'd had so much Buckfast, uh, Mad Dog 2020. I was drinking and listening to music and being an absolute pure goff emo. And this was the first, like, of that kind of scene where the music sounded happy. Now, if you listen to N.C. it it's quite a happy sounding... Um, they use trumpets in some songs, for God's sake. Not as much as Andrew W.K., but there's
1: trumpets nonetheless. Um, uh, like my top. I'm, I, sorry, I'm. I'm really liking the way that your, your musical breakdown of a band here. they sound dead at they lack, like, and they've got trumpets in there. Mm. <laughs> it's, pretty, it's really proper. Yeah. It. it, 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 but... it just. It just. I, I want to see you put this in an essay. I want to see you just submit <laughs> like a doctorate of music. You go for a dissertation and have this dis- description oh, of Shikari. Trust me, I can't
0: describe things like this. Not to. Not to some. Not, not to the level that you can. But yeah, um I d- I don't know it's it's just it's just one of those albums where I mean it's got two interludes in it for God's sake. Um it's one, it's one of the, you know one of those albums. So
1: are you are you, you trying try to argue that it's technically jazz? No.
0: No. Uh, no. <laughs> oh, prog. No, it's very prog. It's very prog. Um my top 3 songs on the album are Johnny Sniper, No Sweat and Labyrinth. They they're, they're absolutely Sweat so good. It's so good. I mean, if you want to <laughs> drop a clip of no sweating, I'm absolutely on board with that. It's such a good show. Sure. Uh, The album uh, sold well for a – it was self-distributed as well. It sold 200,000 copies worldwide. Now, they weren't attached to a label when this album came out. Now, there are many versions of the first album, some with demos that other people won't get because, like I said, they self-distributed and sometimes I thought, you know what, we'll give this person a bonus track. It was quite weird how they did it and they did also market – they used to give their album away free at other people's gigs – so, <laughs> it was it was quite guerrilla marketing at, at its time so like if stig knows them and you all know if if there are many versions of the same song
3: <laughs> floating yeah. around oh, on the internet i i literally was just about to say that i heard the album mm. pretty much all the songs on it but just rock versions with no yeah. electronic yeah. electronic music it, like in there yeah. so when they released it with all like, like the you <laughs> all that stuff in. I was a bit like, a little bit disappointed at the, mm. to start with because I was like, oh, I liked the heavy versions. Yeah, yeah. But the more I listened to it, I was like, actually, this is great. And then when you see it live, it's crazy, isn't with, it? With all the lasers and all the other stuff. I mean, stuff he, he has LEDs on it. his
0: um, guitar inlays and everything. Yeah, it it's makes, like shining it makes in your it, eyes. It's crazy. <laughs> it makes it work. like. <laughs> mm. But yeah, it's just a really good take to the skies. It's an absolutely cracking album. Unfortunately, I feel like the band's got very, and I don't want to be a hipster about it, but they've got very radio friendly lately. Um, (laughs) They've just released a new album and it it sounds like something that's on Radio One. You know what I mean?
1: It's well, they start getting. Are you trying to pull that You liked them before they were cool? No, again. I didn't
0: know because I was introduced to them by being at another band's gig and them handing fucking CDs out. Please listen I, to us.
3: I like them before yeah. they were cool. Stig probably. Did. <laughs> Stig, probably did. Stig probably did. But yeah, not no, they are radio friendly now. They're the type of band that BBC, that Radio One yeah. play. They, they get they end up at like one big weekend. I think. Yeah, that's they do I mean. go to download. They are like. Download and I saw them after that first album came out, and me and my friend was like, "We have to go see these yeah, in the Radio, One, the Radio One Radio One Tent mm. at Leeds," and it was jam packed. Yeah, like because obviously because that album and was that's just not even banged. main stage. Yeah, that bang, that album had banged so much mm. the, sti- the, the 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 people were just. Piling out of the actual tent, like it yeah. was that full, yeah. And then they moved him to the main stage, and it doesn't work as it well, it doesn't.
0: Because, no, no. like, Rue Reynolds used to just jump into the crowd half a time and do half a set in the crowd, yeah. <laughs> so,
3: yeah, there's certain bands that just like when you see them at a festival, mm. they do not work on the main stage, but put them in a tent, yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, I think it's because now, like,
0: like, they're not self publishing anymore, they're with a big label and stuff. And like the bands openly admitted that they reckon they lost about. Upwards to about £2 million in revenue for that first album because they just kept giving it away. <laughs> <laughs> but it worked. They got a career out of it. But yeah, N Shikari, Take to the Skies. I think it's a cracking debut album. It's, it's there's, there's video game influences. There's Britishness in it. And it's just stupid party atmosphere. Metal. It's really good. Definitely recommend it. Um, that, that's yeah. mine. So we'll move on to Candy.
2: My second choice is Never Mind the Bollocks by the Sex Pistols. See, Now, Ava have a Enter Shakar
0: Shaka is now in between Sex Pistols and Linkin Park. <laughs> it makes it look pathetic. <laughs> 200,000 copies, ooh. <laughs> uh
2: yeah, it was released in 1990 uh, 1977 and it was their first and only release. Mm. Um they were they were formed they weren't really um, they you could say that they were manufactured, they were manufactured. As well by Malcolm... Yeah.
1: They, were manufactured. they were manufactured, I think
0: that's pretty much established. They were hired because how they
2: looked. That's literally the case, because they they got together by being plucked from um, Sex, which was the shop by Vivian Westwood, yep. Malcolm McLaren's partner at the time. Um, just for how they looked, mm. um, they parted ways with Glenn Matlock, the original bassist, and replaced him with Sid Vicious. And who couldn't play bass. Greater, <laughs> who couldn't play bass, and there's no greater example of being plucked just for the way he looked. Mm. Um, but as an example of a one of the few albums that you can just feel like the raw energy from start to finish, there's not one song. They're not technically good songs. They're not... People always kind of rag on them for being bad musicians, and they weren't. They became the bands that they needed to be.
5: Mm.
2: They they weren't musicians to begin with, but they, they became the Sex Pistols together. Um, it's, it's just the absolute every single song is iconic you've got holidays in the sun Mm. to start it off with god save the queen that everyone said which was the most banned song on radio at the time
0: I don't know if it's a rumor, but I remember reading something about it that the, the the actual Queen said she didn't mind it. I'm pretty sure
2: that that sounds like something the Queen said. Yeah, say. I'm pretty sure it's it's like out there as a
0: fact that <laughs> oh, I don't mind. One doesn't mind this. Kind of thing.
2: Well, this one, this one's a banger.
0: Yeah. One, <laughs> she, she, she
3: probably generally didn't care. Yeah, that's why. Probably. It's, it's, it's all the yeah. it's all the other people who speak on the Queen's
0: behalf. Yeah.
4: <laughs> that's
3: how
0: the sound. I do
4: like that frigging yeah. in the
2: rigging.
0: <laughs> she's just there, like great song, Taking her shoulders so at her
1: desk.
2: It's yeah. such a desk. Yeah. Such a
1: silly fucking song. God save the Queen. It is. It's it so silly. I, I mean, I, I remember first hearing it when I was I was really young, but I also just remember that. Opening lyric that "God Save the Queen" her fascist regime. And I'm sitting there thinking, well, "She's not a fascist." Oh, no. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and rhyming Antichrist with Anarchist.
0: Yeah. yeah, oh, it's awful that bit. Still, still, you hear that lyric and you go. Like, oh.
2: But I think they sort of, as as you could imagine, they sort of imploded after a couple of years. I think it was it was 19, 1978 that Johnny Rotten mm. announced on their uh, on their American tour that they were splitting up. And the, I think the tour itself was uh, fairly problematic. Well, they never finished
0: a gig, did they? Ever? I
2: think, yeah, it was. It was mid-gig. Mm. Mm. Um, but just feeling that it almost sounds like the album was done in just one take, like they were <laughs> in a studio and they just started, played, finished, and they had just that energy of use. I can guarantee that, that there were
0: probably <laughs> session musicians in, in that recording.
2: Well, actually, um, Glenn Matlock was asked to be a session musician after he parted ways, whether he was fired or mm. whether we uh, left. And I think he politely
1: declined. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I know. I know. It was the guitarist that laid down all the bass lines after Matt Locke left? Yes. Yes. Mm. Like, 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 but, but, but between Sid Vicious being hired and their first tour, I'm not entirely sure he'd ever picked up a bass guitar. Nah. <laughs> he used to just Certainly smack didn't it play on the record. He just smacked it. Oh. He was just. He was just there to
2: look. Good. He
1: did look good, though. That's
0: the thing.
2: He did. He looked look good. incredible. He, he, they were also sort of just art student-y people, weren't they? They were quite posh just for punks, ha- weren't they? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think Sid was. Mm. Um, from what I understand, he was he was fairly middle class, yeah. but just the, just absolutely iconic. Just the look of him, and you know the the chains mm. and the fashion around it as well. And we, you know, you see you see punks in London still wearing the Vivian Westwood stuff. Yeah, yeah, you do. Which in yeah, itself it's is crazy, uh, very it? very middle class, isn't mm. it? You know, you see, yeah. Uh, you see, mums wearing the Vivienne Westwood scarves with the skulls on and everything, and they're being edgy. <laughs> um, but just just for a debut album, I just I, I don't think you can beat it. Do
0: you know what? It surprisingly works well in a summer barbecue setting. I know it sounds strange because it's not as it's not as primal and raw nowadays, is it? It's not that it's not like oh, it's the Sex Pistols. Turn it off. Like <laughs> you know what I mean? My nana knew the Sex Pistols well. <laughs> you know what I mean?
2: Everyone's dad listens to. The
0: yeah, Sex Pistols. it's it's, it's it, I, I think. It's quite institutionalized now. I think it's a British thing, isn't it? It's like Sex Pistols, yeah, yeah. But at one point, at one you... point, you couldn't—they couldn't even—they couldn't, even, couldn't even put the full word "sex." When you know when they were unwritten, unwritten, written down in paper, they had to like blur out "Sex Pistols" and they called them "The Pistols" for ages, like in written print and stuff like that. It's crazy. Yeah the uh,
2: the CD album cover yeah. is um, that censored as yeah, well. Exactly. Isn't <laughs> Can't say bollocks. Ooh, Ooh, no. No.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I agree it's good so uh yeah we'll move on to biggie
4: oh back to me um yeah so uh the final one i wanted to talk about on this, this weird hip-hop theme i've gone down um is the movie boys in the hood um which was the debut movie from john singleton yeah who sadly passed away a few years ago um for those that don't know, uh Boys in the Hood is uh 1991 American coming of age hood drama. Uh it was written and directed by John Singleton. Um one of the the weird thing is about being an English hip hop fan in the nineties is that it was all based on America. So you just had all these stories being told within rap music. Um yes, you had your um you know, I'm I'm with my bitches and hoes and all that yeah. kind of shite. As entertaining as it was. But there was a lot of conscious rap out there as well. Um, and there was a lot of rap um, that was actually trying to explain what life is like being a black man in certain areas yeah, of like America, not all of America. Yeah. And um, it was just this movie came out and kind of solidified that. It came out at the right time. Um, it was a coming-of-age drama as well, and it, it followed... Technically three guys. Um, Ice Cube is in it, who was, uh, funny enough, uh, it was his... Uh, He'd left NWA, an
0: and then he did that film, didn't he? And then he went back with them.
4: Um, and you got Cuba Gooding Jr. was in yeah. this. Uh, featured Morris Chestnut, Lawrence Fishburne, um, a lot of uh, strong black women as well, Neil Long, Regina King, Angela Bassett. Uh, so the, the actual um, cast was excellent as well. Um, and it just followed the, the story of um, Trey who um, sent to live with his father, which was at Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah, it is, isn't it? LA, Fucking hell. South Central. And um, his f- best friend, Ricky, and I've forgotten um, Ice Cube's character's name. It's uh, just Cube, kind
0: of mate. It. It's Ice Cube. <laughs> it's always been just Ice Cube when he's in a film. <laughs>
4: but, um, yeah, the acting was really, really good. Um, the writer was excellent, and it followed a lot about um, trying to be strong as a black man Mm. don't always do what you're told you know you've got to find your own path and all this kind of thing and it was i remember it distinctly because it was the first movie i personally saw where they um showed one of the main characters ricky are we talking about spoilers here there's no issue it's
3: like
0: 21 year old well, even older, older like thirty-year-old, 30 yeah,
4: <laughs> thirty-year-old. So there's a particular scene where um, the character Ricky manages to get his, I think, his scholarship yep. for where he's yep. going. Um, so the family are really proud that he's managed to almost get out get of my the potential life. And unfortunately, he gets gunned down in front of everybody. Yep. And the other guys managed to get away, but it, it just it was the first time I just didn't see that coming when I was that of Agreed. that age. It was the first movie that kind of. Pulled that from under my feet. And I was like, "Fucking hell!" I thought he was going to be all right. Mm. And um, yeah, it's it's just a really touching movie. It was a great debut. It's um, a great film. John Singleton film. got uh, nominated. He was the first Black American to get nominated as a director, especially particularly on his debut. He was only twenty four mm. when he did that as well. But um, he went on to do uh, quite a lot of other movies. Uh, Poetic Justice. Um, off the top of my head, what else? Uh, higher learning, um, he did some TV, he did Too Fast, Too Furious, yeah. uh, the Shaft remake and so on, uh, but yeah, unfortunately he had a stroke yeah. and died in 2017, I believe. I was about to
0: say, it weren't long ago, that was it?
4: No, but, uh, oh no, no, sorry, 2019, Yeah, he passed yeah. away. Sorry. But yeah, I, I just thought it was excellent, um, just great movie, and um, I was fascinated by the life in um, America and that, Sort of just he did a remastered cut of it for all Blu-ray. Uh,
0: not not so long ago. It's, oh, did yeah, they? Yeah, really, really cleans up because it still looks. It looked quite old, didn't it? And uh, yeah, absolutely cleaned up, cleaned it all up. It's nice. Yeah.
4: Oh, yeah. oh I have to check that out. and will rewatch that. But yeah.
0: So excellent. We'll get onto the bulging mail sack that I'm sure Gadget's got there under the desk.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's absolutely absolutely bulging. It's overflowing. The cats are beside themselves. (laughs) Huge bags are playing. Uh, Andy Woods has come in saying, about the whole not wanting to see Gladiator was just me not being into anything unless it was sci fi or superhero ah. sci-fi or superhero related. So that was following from last week where we didn't understand why he yeah, had baffling, to wasn't it. Yeah, baffling judged it by his cover. Mm. Yeah. Uh needless to say it changed my mind. Although I must say though seeing jet lightning prancing around skimpy outfits would have been a bonus. I agree. Compared to the Gladiator <laughs> TV series. <laughs> Um, also, John Fashionew in the crowd cheer Maximus on shouting, awooga. <laughs> <laughs> so this might be the most 90s thing I've ever read. Man, my, mate,
0: my mate for ages had awooga as his text tone. It was so annoying when you were in a full-on text conversation It kept going, awooga!
1: Okay, so but get, getting on to the correspondence we have about this week's subject, uh, De- Deadbeat Punk has come in with a rather small essay this time. Oh, he says, Hello, mountainous escalators. <laughs> I'd like to direct your attention to Daniel Polanski's debut, no, debut novel, The Straight Razor Cure. Uh, sorry, The Straight Razor Cure. Mm. The first entry in the Lowtown series. A, startling, a startlingly confident debut novel from a writer that has continued to evolve and adapt over the years. His standalone A City Dreaming is especially worth checking out. The straight razor cure revolves around the Warden, a washed-up drug dealer that lives in the attic of of his dear friend's pub. Now, as the story unravels, our anti-hero makes the round of Lowtown, doing his daily shady dealings. It was like reading into a mirror. (laughs) (laughs) Two things have become apparent. Polanski has built a beautiful, realistic city. This place feels like it exists. Lowtown has a pulse. It's an incredibly difficult thing to achieve. Sir Terry Pratchett achieved this eventually, but not straight off the bat. The second thing is The Warden. This is almost his origin story, details being slowly fed to us as the novel unravels. The troubled anti-hero and his surrounding cast are a delight to be introduced to. And when I say anti-hero, I mean The Warden can be a right cunt at stages. (laughs) The novel is fantasy-based, but leans almost into into a detective noir novel just as heavily. We have corrupt law, several factions of criminal organisations on different levels deep-running character connections, mystery, and intrigue. Hard to example sections of this book that excel without delivering, delving into spoilers. But when this book landed on my lap, it felt like a breath of fresh air, feeling comfortable and exhilarating at the same time. When I realised this was the author's first foray into storytelling, that made it even more impressive. Really worth checking out if you find a gap in your reading listing schedules. Excellent. And then he just signs it off with, love you, pricks.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Aww. Aww. That's his affection, that. Aww. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to have that time. Yeah, it sounds fucking brilliant. Mm. Mm. Um, former best boy Angry Kurt has come in. Yeah, yeah he's been sacked. <laughs> saying, saying hi, chaps. First off, apologies for the offence cause last week. Working very hard to regain my best boy status. <laughs> a- You've
4: got a long way to go, mate. <laughs> yeah, a long
0: way to go.
1: <laughs> a few suggestions here, including a sporting one. In games, I would put forward the developer Denison Games with Hotline Miami. Oh, have Lyrical yeah. about why that Great game show. is so good on here before and I would love that, that two-man team to make a return with a new game. Mm. In music, I would say the album France, the self-titled album by Franz Ferdinand was the first album I ever bought, and I struggled to think of any track there I didn't oh, like.
0: It makes me feel so Highlights old. Being
1: <laughs> <laughs> Highlights <laughs> been Take Me Out and This Fire. In film, I will go with Alan Rickman for his performance in Die Hard, one yeah. of the most Ooh, iconic villains of all time. time. Oh, sticky, how did you not bring this one up?
3: <laughs> So other things I wanted to talk about. It's fine. I have a machine
1: so, gun. Ho! Oh, it was okay. in my
3: in my honourable mem- honourable mention. So Kurt's already
1: yeah, yeah. brought it up. And finally in sport, I will go with the debut game and season of Wayne Rooney. Oh yeah, so, yeah, good shout. Yeah, I'll go into Everton here. Mm. There is a famous commentary of "Remember the name Wayne Rooney" after he smashed a goal in his debut for Everton yeah, against Arsenal. And yeah, went on it. to be England's wonder boy for many seasons afterwards. Cheers from Kurt. Yeah, thank you, Kurt. Yeah, great shout.
3: This boy, at this point,
1: the boy Kurt <laughs> <laughs> uh, John Cheatham is saying, uh, Enter the Wu Tang 36 Chambers. Brilliant debut in its own right. It also set the group's members up to have their own killer first albums in the months and years after with Method Man's Tikal 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 ODB's Return to the 36 Chambers. So, hang on. So, Wu Tang released 36 Chambers and ODB did a yeah. sequel to it. in the Okay, and Rayquan's only built for Cuban Links. That was a good album, man.
0: And in Biggie's eyes now, John Cheatham's now earning the title of Best Boy after that. <laughs> Do you know what? I think Making the officially getting there, that isn't that. he? He's getting there.
1: <laughs> uh, Alex at 79 UK says, uh, Guns and Roses, Appetite for Destruction. Banger. Solid <laughs> banger. Jonathan Blow for, with Braid. I love Braid. Which is a video game, not an album. Love Braid. Makes it sound like the second album that he's given there. Um, back to albums, Nine Inch Nails, uh, Pretty Hate Machines. Oh, yeah. Used to frighten me. Trent Reznor just in, in in your dreams, isn't he? He frightens me. I think he's here now. Oh, Trent, go away. But <laughs> <laughs> shit you up when you played Doom Three, just to, just yeah, the opening menu. He did.
0: <laughs>
1: ah, he's here. Uh, and one more game from Alex Seventy Nine UK: uh, Heart Machine's uh, Hyperlight Dr- Hyper Drifter. Which I will say that's a fucking banger. I've still of the got game. to
0: play that, you know.
1: Oh, you, you'll you'll love it. I know it. I've been told. In indie Dark Souls yeah. with a vaporwave aesthetic. Oh, oh.
0: <laughs> Feed it into me. I'm going to play that Tamara.
1: Make that your next stream game. Ooh, yeah. Uh, Pete Beckett's come in saying, uh, Dream Theater's first album, "When Dream and Day Unite," it showed the technical ability of each musician fantastically well. While it's not as heavy as their subsequent efforts, it's a piece of glorious eighties prog greatness and excellent debut album. I'll it's super that progressive one. that album. <laughs> it's also super cheesy as well. Yeah. And it doesn't have their. It doesn't have their main vocalist nope. James LeBry on it. <laughs> It's a bit cheesy in places. It's quite wonderful mm. in the weirdest way. Um, that Fkin guy has come in with uh, Chuck Palahniuk, Fight Club. But
0: yeah, we didn't talk about that. No, no, we don't. <laughs> I found that book quite difficult to read when I first read it. I've read it subsequently afterwards, but I, I, I found it a bit difficult. Same. I, I did that with um, Train Spotting as well. Train Spotting, we're like reading hieroglyphics half of the time. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so,
1: but yeah just 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 you saying that and I don't, I don't know why this made me think of it but um, do, you, do you remember those, those anti-piracy things that you used to get at the beginning of VHS yeah and um, then the guy the guy's gone up to the guy in the marketplace with his dodgy VHS and says well I can't understand, I can't understand a word that's going on in the film he looks at it and says train spot and I'm not
0: surprised yeah is <laughs> <laughs> a crime would you steal a car why steal a movie yeah
1: <laughs> Would you download a car? Yeah.
3: (laughs) Oh, the IT version of that one is so good.
1: (laughs) Uh, Ray has come in saying, Hi, Modern Escapism. Since since there is not any other game registered under Chance Agency, I assume Neocab is the first work of the studio. If this is true, the game is a strong self-introduction. Visual novels are all about choosing dialogue to further the story. However, this practice eventually conditions gamers into guessing the logical answers. By applying a simple colour system, emotion is introduced as a gameplay element for NeoCab. As a result, frequently speaking against your heart to please the listener will only push you into a negative emotional state, preventing the protagonist from making certain responses. Mm. By restricting rushing to the next story bits, the game slows down its pace, giving gamers time to empathise with those characters, and submerging in its wonderful writing soft soundtrack as well as reflection for how to stay human under the expansion of technology. Though still a relatively unknown game for me, Neo Cab is the most memorable debut recently, and I'm looking forward to what the newly formed studio will produce in the future. That sounds bloody interesting.
0: Still done it? When, it went, when, I, when you first said digital novel, I nearly fell asleep,
1: but then just <laughs> everything else after that, I was like,
0: ooh, okay.
1: And the, thing is, the thing is, visual novels have a really bad rap, but some of them are fucking And brilliant. some of them like, shouldn't
0: ever... be described as visual novels either. Some of them have yeah. a lot more to it.
1: Yeah. Like Doki Doki Literature Club is fucking hilarious. Oh, yeah. In, in yeah. dark. And yeah, I played that. weird and scary. And um, Hatoful Boyfriend, which is the pigeon dating simulator. That's just. <laughs> what? That's a thing? is a thing. Cane and Rinse That, that was, was a free PlayStation oh, Plus
4: game, as Hatoful
1: well. it? Hatoful Boyfriend. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Hatoful Boyfriend. I'm up for it's that. Fucking- <laughs> it's fucking mental and also dark as shit. Yeah. It's so dark in places. Okay. Um. But yeah, this Neocab, I'm.
0: Yeah. I'll give it a look.
1: I'll hop on Steam and see what it's like. I all
0: think about. I'm up for that.
1: Mm. Uh, last one up this week we've got Nimrod Hicks bringing in the late entries mm. uh, Dear mainly eloquent I haven't listened to last week's pod yet but given it was the first in ages I didn't contribute to I'm going to give it a solid 7 out of 10 uh-huh. not bad but lacked a little something <laughs> for debuts I give you Jonathan Woodgate at Real Madrid yes unveiled to a great Van fairy scored an own goal and then got sent yeah. off legend <laughs>
0: that's how you become a legend
4: I forgot about oh, that what a debut
1: fucking hell <laughs> uh, but yeah that's that's the, that's the mailbag this week
0: perfect thank you everyone for writing that's in um, yeah and I think that firmly leads us into the socials and a preview of what's going to be coming next week from Stig
3: yep, so you can find us on Twitter at Modern Escapism on there you'll find a link to our episodes socials and our discord if you have any comments you can either tweet us or email us at g- bleh, modernescapismpod at gmail.com uh, if you like to watch gaming streams, you can come watch us at twitch.tv forward slash modernescapism uh, Saturdays or Fridays.
0: Oh, depending on Wednesdays, Thursdays, whenever,
3: Mondays. Whenever you see it pop up on live, Oodles might play some Vanquish. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to
0: continue with Vanquish, um, truth be told. Um, oh, oh, really? It was a bit hardcore, um, frantic. and um, too, too much shooty via Bang Bang? I don't know. I don't know if I am or not yet. I don't know if I am or not yet, but we'll see. We'll see. I've got other things okay. in mind, but we'll see. Right. Bioshock 2? Bioshock Infinite?
3: <laughs> Maybe. And then on Mondays, Biggie will carry on. Uh, Biggie dies as he carries on his playthrough through Dark Souls. And. If, we, if there's no technical hiccups, Gadget and I will actually be on Hivebusters. You've had so uh, much have,
0: bad luck, you two, We your streams. Yeah,
3: we might have already finished it by the time this comes yeah, out. Maybe. But you never know, we might <laughs> carry on. But yeah, we uh, last week we went to start it and Gadget's Xboxing said, this is downloaded. And when he loaded up the game, it said it wasn't downloaded. So yeah. we put we some... But
1: for some reason on my hard drive, on my, on my PC... It was a missing 60 gig because it was 60 gig being taken up by Gears Five. Weird, that yeah. not it.
0: It's weird.
1: Yeah. And then I opened up the game and says, "Oh, you've got to download 60 gig to play That's this." I'm so like, so "Fuck weird. you, Microsoft. Fuck you yeah. so much."
3: <laughs> <laughs> but we played Knockout City and the um, Jewel of the Face was, was born. It was yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But yeah, that was that was a lot of fun when it was just us four playing Good game isn't it. Was it? A bit, I wasn't too keen when we were playing randoms because I couldn't figure out kind of what I was doing. But when <laughs> when I when I Got To grips with how to do stuff, I mean, it was just us guys playing against each other. Uh, it was, that was some lovely was clips from that, haven't we? Yes, yeah we'll, yeah,
1: we'll definitely have to do another one of those at yeah. some
3: point. Yeah, it was not figuring out that he was holding a bomb. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> <my favorite laughs> well,
0: I need to watch I that. How was I supposed to know that, if yeah. the ball's ticking, counting down? <laughs> there's a bomb.
2: I think we went through every emotion, yeah, didn't we? Definitely emotional. Yeah.
1: And 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 of course, we also did get um, Candy's absolutely perfect, spot-on impression of Oodles as accent. No,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was terrible.
2: I'll uh, I'll wait for my Oscar nomination. It terrible.
3: <laughs> you, you can have a biggie. Yeah, definitely.
2: <laughs> no better accolades.
3: <laughs> yeah. Uh, also coming up this weekend, uh, E three coverage starts, and we're going to be doing some uh, stuff on our Twitch, I believe,
0: regarding that. Yeah. So Mo- um- m- most of the main ones we're going to try and cover. As watch-alongs yep. and um, probably just basically hearing me scream for an hour and a half on each one, <laughs> or Candy screaming when Todd turns up, and <laughs> and Gadget screaming when some weird PC game turns up that no one's ever heard of.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm fully waiting for the for the Nintendo want to be there and they say, oh, new Switch Pro exclusive requ- requ- requirement for Dragon Quest. <laughs> And watch you die <laughs> Yeah. They won't say that. There is no Switch Pro
3: coming. They will rock up and go, we've got some new hardware, and they'll reveal a couple of coloured Joy-Cons. Joy-Con
0: Pros. <laughs> yeah.
3: Joy-Cons in the colour of Bowser. Yeah, and that's it. boy. And then they'll walk
0: off. <laughs> walk off, patting the bums like they the the Price. Yeah. Forever. We did it, boys. We did it. We did it. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be exciting, that, because it's going to be his first big event that we're just going to be, like, covering most of it. We've got some yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. Yep.
3: And uh, yeah, you could if you head over to patreon.com forward slash modern escapism, you'll find our three tiers there, um, for the specials. It's five pounds for modern escape escapees, that gets you at least one special a month and extended weekly episodes. Uh five pounds for Scott Sheep and that will get you early access to Scott Sheep as well as artwork and uh, suggestions ad-free and suggestions to gadget for NPCs and items. I'm worried about or, that. I'm
0: getting worried about yeah, that. <laughs> I <yeah>. really am.
3: <laughs> or if uh, you want to uh, go all out, you, £7.50 will get you the Biggie Bundle and that will get you everything.
0: It's the best best deal known to man.
3: Uh, so next week, finally, we are going to do Best TV Jerks. Yeah. People have been waiting so for this. A, yeah, we're going to have a bit of fun about it. Not baddies, but jerks. jerks Just absolute yeah. I'm not talking about ETV. Yeah. <laughs> nobeds. The ones you love to hate, kind of thing, mm. as well. Like uh, yeah. just people who are just,
0: yeah, Bell Think Mike Baldwin from Coronation Street. Nobeds.
3: And as ever, uh, leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts or whether you listen to us.
0: Excellent. Thank you very much. And that is the show for now. Um, I think we can all agree that it was Candy's. Finest debut she's ever had. So, oh, thank you
2: very much. You've sure. absolutely
0: yeah. knocked it out of the park, and we will see you next week. Good night. Lovely, that guy's lovely. <sighs> I didn't even go for a poo today anyway, so I'm not going for one now. Fucking hell. I'll have the black shits if I go now. <laughs>